Blog Talk Radio. Oh 
Hey, peace, man. Welcome to the Three Wise Men, man. It's a special Thursday. It's that time of month again, man. I'm Ample. I've got my host, Minister Jew, and my co-host, the Sheikh, or what I call the Mystic, the Sheikh, and the High Priest, man. So we back. Let me make sure both of the brothers are on. The Prime Minister and the Sheikh, y'all there? I'm here, brother. Yeah, cool, cool. What's up, y'all? How, how y'all doing? Huh. What up? What up, Minister? What's happening, man? All right. Of course, visit the website, com. Plenty of updates. Hit the event tab. If you come into the spring equinox, registration must be made. Only $99. Registration must be made by uh, the 17th of February. Like I said, we in New Orleans. If you want to rent a car, you want to meet us there, man, get there because we do have a meet us there option. Only thing you got to do is just visit the website, myastrologycoach.com. Click on the events tab. Also, if you're not on the mailing list by now, join the mailing list so we can keep you up to date. All right, got a new program out called Sacred Sonics that deal with the scattered light theory, which I won't get into here. You probably heard me talk about it before. But you can visit the website, click on consultations, and read up on Sacred Sonics that deal with how we are scattered light beings. Literally, we are made up of starlight. And um, the mere fact that we scatter creates a little bit of confusion in our lives called we're not too clear on how to obtain certain obstacles in our life. All right? Um, and sound can help rewire the chakra spiritual board inside of your body because some of the wires are touching each other. All right, so read up on that called Sacred Sonics on the website, which is on myastrologycoach.com. Click on consultations. One of the newest programs that's out, too, is called the Neptune Dream Institute. You visit the website, myastrologycoach.com, and just click on the membership tab. There, I'm going to condense it real short because I can't wait to get into tonight's topic, is what I'm simply saying is we are going to meet each other in the dream world. When we go to sleep and in dreams, we're all going to be at the same location. In fact, me and the prime minister had the same dream about the same person last night in a similar scenario. Did we not? <clears throat> yeah, but um, I'm telling you, so this, this, this thing here is going to be phenomenal because we're talking about the, um, how your, your conscious mind goes dormant when you sleep. So the subconscious realm kicks in, your emotional mind kicks in, what we call the limbic brain or your emotional brain is very active, but the conscious you is not online. That's why you can wake up and you'd be like, man, why did I do that? That don't make no sense. Or oh, I would have did this this way, you know, because the conscious self is not um, online while you're sleeping. So the goal is we're going to bridge those two realities. See, the creator wants to know everything in the experience of life. He only wants one thing, and that's to have a new experience. So we are actually here to help evolution, our consciousness. And when I say consciousness, now I'm talking about the universal source of light. We are here to help consciousness evolve, and in return, we will evolve our own individual consciousness. These are two totally different things, but yet they're one. Okay, you're actually here to help the creator have an experience based off when you just study conscious evolution. And one point I like to look at is looking at the jellyfish, which is said to be one of the oldest nervous systems on the earth. You have to ask yourself, and to me, it ain't nothing but a floating brain. 
that you can see through, don't have, you know, it's just very weird. How did the jellyfish or the consciousness of life force itself say, hmm, okay, I'm a jellyfish, now let me somehow morph into something else and keep evolving and evolving and evolving and evolving, okay? The point is, how is it that when we go to sleep at night, we're not necessarily aware of where we're at, or when we go to sleep, we don't know where we're going? What well, part of the game is that? We don't do that while we consciously with. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're going to experience. In the spirit of film, which the prime minister puts on, um, the spirit of film is really trying to tell you through the movie Inception that you can control that reality, sort of like the Matrix. Let's stop looking at these movies and becoming so amped up like, ooh, that was deep, and they went to sleep, and they hooked up, they, they all hooked up in these chairs, or they all hooked up to a briefcase, and they started controlling these realities that they were in. It's talking about the evolution of human consciousness and how to tap into the divine world. The divine world is the dream world. This is where the ancestors are at. This is where you have um, divine messages, the world of intuition, and your angelic beings come through this particular reality. Dreams are actually stimulated from what we call the reptilian brain or the oldest part of the brain, which I call the immortal brain. Dreams are stimulated from there. The issue is you can only really dream about that which you perceive in this reality for most of us based off your emotional experience. So you have to reprogram your conscious mind to tap into that particular realm to have a new experience in the quantum reality where time and space do not exist because in your dream, one minute you're in the park, and the next minute you morph over to the pyramids and somehow you didn't even fly or travel, you just morphed there. Time and space don't exist in that reality, and it's time for us to bridge that reality. That's what the Neptune Dream Institute is about. For more information, hit myastrologycoach.com, click on membership, scroll down till you see the Neptune Dream Institute, and the Prime Minister will tell you about the newest thing that's popping called the Neuron Network on his behalf. Greetings, greetings to the, to the listening audience. We appreciate you all coming out this Thursday evening. Uh, partaking in this message, um, and I know it's going to be powerful this evening. Uh, I want to say peace to Noble, peace to the Sheikh. Uh, I'm glad to be on the line with you brothers again for another show. Right? Peace to you, brother. Um, <laughs> greetings, greetings, man. Wonderful to have you back on. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, the Neuron Network, what can I say about it, man? Um I created this this program because I just thought in my mind that um, the brain is the computer of the body, and the universal mind likes to cloak itself inside of the brain, and the universal mind is all-knowing, all-present, uh, omnipotent, just awesome, amazing, the creator. And it is not prejudice nor bias. Um, my, my theory is when we have deficiencies in our brain, which comes from experiences that we've had over our rendition here on this planet, either from our youth, um, you know, as young children, uh, even starting all the way back as toddlers, on up to your teenage years, into your young adulthood, and even up into your adulthood, um, we have situations that take place 
which alter the physiology of the brain and uh, put us in sometimes detrimental positions where we shut down certain centers in our brain to be optimal, to run at a high level so that we can be the most complete and, and, and best, uh, best person or human that we can be. And when the brain is suffering in these areas, um, the universal mind that wants to come in to produce miracles and to show you its greatness and work through you as a vessel uh, to experience itself has a hard time doing that because that is the hardware in which you have to process this, this etheric nature or this plasmic nature of the universal spirit. So I decided to go to the brain and I have a program where it has 16 different functions where it deals with all kind of aspects of the brain and these exercises to help you grow in different areas, the parts that you know you need to improve on, whether it be your cognitive control, your memory, um, learning how to uh, differentiate between information that comes to you that's pertinent versus what's not really necessary and what's needed, um, learning how to focus and stay concentrated for longer periods of time. Um, it's, like I said, it's like 16 of those. And what we did today, I did a, uh, I did a promo. It was called the Neuron Network uh, uh, Gym Workout, where we had five people come over, the first five people that inbox Noble, inbox Keisha. Uh, they were able to get a link where we did interactive screen sharing, where they were able to take control of my computer because I had the technology in my possession where they're able to actually interact with the techniques from wherever they're at on the planet and be able to access my computer to be able to uh, get into the virtual world and start exercising these parts of their brain. Uh, and today we decided to deal with cognitive control, which deals with the processing speed of how you intake information, uh, being able to shift your attention where it needs to go at, at a specific time, and learning how to do it in a timely fashion where you get real good at it and where it becomes repetition. Um, so today we focused on um, this part of the mind that determines what's good or what's bad for you, um, dealing with conflict resolution uh, and, com and conflict and thoughts that come to you that you need to weed out to be able to understand what's the most important thing that is immediately in your environment that you need to take care of like now and all the other fodder that surrounds your, your, your thought process, how you trample those things down and deal with what's the most important. Um, and this part of the brain that I dealt with today also deals with understanding um, future consequences based off your current activities. This is the part of the brain that I like to call deals with karma, the part that says, now you know if you do this, you know what's going to happen, right? And we see a lot of that is lacking in a lot of the decision-making of people because they're doing a lot of things without even thinking about the consequences. And then when things happen, it's like a smack in the face. So is this part of their brain uh, undernurtured or, or, or is another part of their brain overactive? So this is what the Neuron Network is going to be about. We're going to meet twice a week if you decide to sign up for 20-minute sessions for four months. I want you to dedicate yourself to it. Pick one or two things that you know you need to improve on and just drive those points home. Uh, we're also going to have images for you to meditate on because imagery is important in the way that you see certain shapes and symbols and whatnot in order to bring you into balance. 
So we're dealing with some spiritual principles here and cohesiveness and, 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 and uh, parallel energy in the brain uh, coming from the ancient system of the Kabbalah that I'm going to be implementing certain times a day when, when cosmic energy is aligning, when this energy is very strong. And you can take the, the human mind, the universal mind, and matter and merge them all together to be able to focus on a specific intent and goal because that's important. We need to reach our goals and reach our desires in the 21st century and, and, and do it by way of being a witness to the creator because it, he is the one or it is the one that is facilitating the energy for you to be able to do that. So the neuron network, um, you know, is going to be available within the next 21 days. We'll have it up on the site. All the things that it's going to encompass, you'll be able to join then. For now, we're going to run another promo tomorrow where I'm going to do another free online presentation so you can get a sample of exactly what it is. So I think we might take the first 20 people that sent over their email because I don't want to bombard Keisha and the rest of the MAC team with a whole bunch of emails. So maybe the first 20 people that come on, uh, I'll show you the rope, show you how it goes, and show you how you need this in your life to be the best person that you can be in the 21st century is very important. Um, other than that, man, that's pretty much my primary focus other than these shows on Thursday nights and my family. So with that, man, go to the website, visit the website, come down, kick it with us in New Orleans, man. New experiences is the way to unfolding adventure in your life. You have to get out. You have to do new things. You have to experience new places. When your senses get involved in newness, you become a new human. New thoughts start to develop. You start to um, imagine how things can be. And once you imagine how things can be, that is your first step to bringing it into a realization. So come on down there with us, man. We always draw in a lot of spiritual energy. Every time we go, you should see the pictures all these auras and vortexes of energy opening up in the sky, some of them in broad daylight. You see these rainbow auras around people. Spirit world, we are, we are happy and, 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 and humbled by the presence of the spirit world that says, I, I, I love that y'all are seeking this light, and therefore we're going to penetrate your reality with it. So every time we go, man, we have phenomenal outings, phenomenal pictures, good time, we laugh, we dance, and, we, you know, we just have a good time, man. So come on down and meet us in New Orleans, our first time down there. We're going to get down to Poverty Point. We're going to stir up some of that dirt down there and get those ancestors awakened and send their souls up to a higher level of existence so that we down here can move up to higher planes and, and do what I call spiritualized matter. So with that, man, I'm going to give it over to the Sheikh. If he got any announcements, um, please let the people know, brother. Peace and blessings, brother. Love and light to everyone. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Um, announcements, let's see. Next month is our monthly Universal Enlightenment Gathering here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We do that each and every month at the Midtown Scholar. This month would be the 9th at 2 p.m. That's a Sunday. Um, we're going to have a wonderful, a wonderful ensemble um, my dear sister Erin Leslie from Baltimore, Maryland is coming up. She's going to do the Nasheed for us, which is a, um, a, a musical way of singing without using instruments and using certain tones and vibrations, the Islamic way of doing things. Very beautiful voice. We're going to have um, 
a young actress come up and she's going to do a, uh, a narrative of Harriet Tugman, and then I'm going to teach. And actually this month I'll be demonstrating um, universal enlightenment. Not only will I give a lecture, I will be doing a demonstration of hypnosis before the public, something I have not done in a long time. In fact, the last time I did a public demonstration of hypnosis was with Ampu um, many years ago. That's how long it's been. So we'll be doing a public um, demonstration of hypnosis, a public demonstration of the abdomen breathing techniques that we use in our class, and I'll be demonstrating um, the proper way to use the tasbi or the, um, the prayer beads this, this time at the Universal Enlightenment Gathering that's Sunday, the second of the ninth of February, here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, also, every Tuesday night is on my page, my Facebook page, uh, on the Sanctuary Academy of Universal Enlightenment page. You would go on and like that page. I greatly appreciate it. And we will be having. Um, I teach a class weekly called the Paus Netoru, the company of the Netoru, based on the Kemetic um, text. Um, I use the translation of my dear Sheikh Amir Fatia. May Allah sanctify his secret. Um, I find his text uh, more applicable to, to the type of audience that I teach and the learning that, that I, I hope that the students would get. That's Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. If anybody would like to join into that group, we're right now we are on the, the ninth sphere or set, and uh, we're dealing with mediumistic trance. You would like to learn how to use trance, how to go in trance, and, and really learn how to do some of the things that Ampu and Minister Ju just spoke of as far as astral travel and meeting people on the, on the lower astral plane, it will be a good lesson for you to learn. Anybody who's inclined to that, you're more than welcome to join the group. Just message me on Facebook and let me know that you'd like to, like to uh, join the group. I think we've had um, three or four people from this Thursday night session who has joined the group so far. So uh, that's my announcements for tonight. I'm looking forward to hearing what the brothers have to say about marriage tonight, and thank you for this opportunity as always a golden opportunity to get together with brothers and sisters and sharing our life experiences that we can grow together. Peace, love, and light. Indeed, peace. Go ahead, Prime Minister, you up. Okay, man, y'all, y'all gonna send the rookie out first, huh? <laughs> That's how y'all feel, man. Y'all gonna send the rookie out. Well, in all honesty, man, Tonight was a night where I want to really sit back and listen to the elders of marriage. I really don't know too many brothers um, under the age of 40 that I even married. It just, it just so happened that in this year, um, uh, I, I got married this past year, and another close friend of mine who I was in his wedding, he got married. And I got two other partners that have been married for quite a while. So in my own personal group, it's four of us friends that between us, we've got over at least 100 years of friendship uh, as far as all the years that we've been knowing one another. But outside of that, um, I, I, haven't, I, I don't know any men that have or that have sat me down and talked to me about the importance of marriage and the benefits and the, the 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 learning curve that comes along with the two opposite polarities coming together to merge and try to figure each other out in a way where they can create harmony, uh, being opposites. So, 
what I was going to do this evening was um, I wanted to just talk about some of the some of the issues or the growing the growing pains that I've experienced in my. Let me see now. I dated me and my wife were together for five years before we got married. We lived together for about one, two, three, maybe three and a half before we decided to go ahead and get married. Um, but what happened, what happened in my situation is we had disagreements, obviously, like most couples do, and it wasn't until of late, and it's funny, man, because I can't explain it, but when we got married, a lot of the tension seemed to just go away, especially um, for me. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when, when you went to science and studying these different things, you think that everybody has to be like you. And my wife surely has taught me that that's not the case and that love is a universal thing minus any title. And um, I truly want to say I love her for that, man, because she's helped me grow. But I want to talk about some of the issues that we've had, and I want to deal with the remedies as well, and I'm not going to take too much time, like I said, but one of, one of, one of my problems inside of our relationship, and it's, and it's two things, and, I, and I'm quite sure a lot of people can identify with this, uh, is I, I have a very overactive imagination, and I, I do a lot of head gambling when it comes to my wife. Um, i give you an example, and these are some of the things that lead to problems, but because I'm aware of them, I work on them daily to improve the quality of the man that I am to my wife. So i give you an example. This had to be maybe about a month and a half ago. Um, and, this, and this actually was after I had came across this information, and it was literally like maybe the night before, and then I applied it the next day. The situation came where I can apply the knowledge. That's how the creator works. It said, okay, you're going to study this? Okay, now I'm going to put you to the test immediately to see are you playing with this information or are you going to make it a practicality inside of your life? And if you don't, then what's going to happen is you're going to keep being bombarded with these same type of experiences to say either you're going to live by what your ethics and your morality and your heart is or else you're going to have a, 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 a state of turmoil inside of your marriage and your life. So this was one night she was coming home late from somewhere. She, I think where was, where was Stephanie coming from that night? I think she, had, she was coming from the church. And it was, a, it was real late. They had like a practice or a get-together. And her church that she goes to is like way south uh, in Chicago. And we stay all the way on the west side. So anybody that knows Chicago knows this is like an hour drive. So she went out there. She came back home. It had to be almost like 12 o'clock midnight. 
So you know me, I can't sleep unless my children and my wife is in the house. There's just no way that I'm going to bed unless she's in the house. It's just not going to happen. So I wait up, and um, so I wait up, and she, she, she comes in, and she's like, well, babe, I'm hungry. I said, okay, just come in, leave the car running, get upstairs, relax. I'm going to run out, and I'm going to get you something to eat. So she likes shrimp. So I go out to this spot, and, and, and they, don't, I, I, they don't take credit cards. And I knew that. But they had an ATM machine inside of the place. So I said, well, I'm going to take my card. I'll just go in there and get $20 off and pay for the food. So as I go in, the ATM machine is broken. So I'm like, God, what am I going to do? So I said, you know what? I'm going to run up here on Manhattan, which is about 10 minutes away. I'm going to go to the Chase Bank, go pull through the drive-thru, get the money, blah, 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 blah. So long story short, I get, I get the food, I come back home, right? Because we all know when we, when we feel like we went the extra mile for our mate, then in our minds we're feeling like they should do the same thing for me or they should sympathize with me when I'm going through a situation because she or he knows that I would do the same thing for them. And it, that can lead to other situations inside of the relationship, right? So the next morning, she gets up to go to church. This was a Saturday night that happened. So Sunday, she gets up to go to church. She goes out to the car, and, I mean, it's freezing cold. It, I'm going to tell you what it was. It was, it was the, the, the day we did the show when Noble pulled his, his Uranus Aquarian move on me and had me on the show running down uh, the third polarity in the Zodiac, which was Gemini, and he caught me off guard because he had me teaching the class for him. He's like, man, Joe, I'm going to fall back and let you do this one. You know, and I like to get prepared. I, I'm the type, I like to get prepared for whatever it is that I'm about to go into because that's just how I roll. So he, he called me off guard, and she called me. She called me. She like, uh, she like, you know, you left my uh, my car door open, and I'm like, now at the night before, while she was going out to church that Saturday, I was reading this book that was dealing with these toxic thought patterns. And the night the night before, I'm reading up on the 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 the, the head guessing game where you're thinking for your partner, you're assuming that they already know something. That's one of the most major toxic things you can have inside of a relationship or a marriage. Assuming that your partner knows what you're thinking. Okay. Now, I said, okay, calm down, Jew. Because she, she was accusing me. She, and, 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 and normally, my temper would have rose. I was like, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't know nothing about it. One word would have led to the next, and it would have been a blame game, and it would have been that. But instead, I decided to apply this technique. So she says, you, you know, you always do this. And I said, I, I said well, honey, she says, and, and you know you always do this, and I don't know why you always do this, because I don't want nobody to break in my car. And I, I, I stopped her. I said, honey, I said, have you ever brought it to my attention that I, that I somehow left your car door open? And she says, well, no. I ain't never told you that, but I just thought you knew it. And I said, well, how would I know if you never came to me and said, well, babe, 
you notice like the second or third time when you drove the car and when I came down, the car was, the door was halfway open. And what had happened was, you know how the seat belt, sometimes when you're rushing out of the car and the seat belt's not all the way adjusted in the car and it's still kind of like hanging in between the crease of the door. And I, that, obviously I had been doing that often, rushing out of the car, getting out of the car, closing the door, but the seatbelt was still laced in the lining of the door. So the door wasn't all the way closed because the seatbelt was stopping the door from closing. So I, um, when, I, when I, I said, well, Bay, I, 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 I didn't know that. And she says, well, I said, I'm sorry if I have been doing that. I said, but I wasn't aware of it. And I said, I, I, next time I'll make sure that that doesn't happen again. Now, prior, the prior me would have went on into because just the night before, I went out, got the food, was being a good husband, making sure my wife was straight. And I'm like, you know, she, man, you know, she just don't appreciate nothing I do. She always got to call me with some slack. But I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And to my surprise, my wife was so tranquil. And she was like, when, when I broke it down like that and we didn't get into no fussing and fighting, she said, baby, it's okay. I understand. But I know that I was in control of that situation, and I, I, I influenced the way that the conversation went. Had I went the other direction, it would have been something else. You see what I'm saying? So I wanted to relay that message to, to kind of give people an example of how some of these toxic thought patterns have crept into my mind in my relationship and marriage. But as you grow and develop, you get past those things, and you start to have a working relationship with your spouse and understand how to communicate with them. Um, another thing that I want to touch on tonight as far as relationship as marriage is concerned, and I think it's very important, and I told Noah this a couple of weeks back, but I'm going to touch on it tonight, is that the process of dating before you, the process of dating before it gets to a serious relationship and or marriage is very important. And the primary focus that I'm going to deal with with this topic and subject matter is sex inside of relationships and or dating before they get to serious relationships and the effect that it has on the longevity of the relationship and or marriage. And this comes down to a chemical, physiological thing. Now, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, women being able to, they should be able to date and have sex with whoever they want to, and they should be free, and they can have two or three men, and what's wrong with them going around having sex with this guy and this guy? They can choose what they want to do, and it's turned into this whole conversation of, of, of equal everything across the board. And it's not right because that's suppressing women and blah, 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 blah. Well, in my research lately from studying this brain, I come across a jewel, and I mean that literally, a jewel. And it is a compound in the brain, especially of women, where... They release a bonding compound when they, after they have children and when they are in a sexual act with a man, okay? 
And all these old adages came to me when I started reading this, the fact of how the old school tell you, uh, you know, you need to make them wait, girl. When she talking about, you know, doing the grown-up thing with the man, she said, you make them wait. And it's a reason for that. When, when, when a woman is sensual enough, okay, this compound, and I'm going to give you all the name, it's called oxytocin. It's a chemical that's released in the brain. When she is sensual enough, she does not immediately have to have sex with a man. What happens is when she's around him long enough, and this is why they always are serious, fellas, on you don't spend enough time with me. It is a chemical an alchemical thing going on, she may not know the reason for that, but it's innate in her nature. So she's just acting out who she naturally is. Okay? Men produce smaller amounts of oxytocin, which is a which is a bonding compound that deals with touch, relations, uh, being physical with one another and having a caring apparatus a feeling apparatus, a connectedness, shall we say. Men release very, very small amounts of this into their bloodstream. Women release more amounts of this. This is why, fellas, when you go around and you're trying to have these homie lover friends and y'all agree on it first that, you know, hey, I got a girl, you know, and we're just going to do this thing and it's gonna be, that's just going to what it's going to be, much down the line, the scenario changes because why? She's grown much more attached, and she can't help it because it's a chemical process in her brain. You see? So, so when, you, when a woman is around a man without, and this is the key, she cannot give it up. She cannot have sex with him because then he's going to scram. What happens is, when, she stay, when he stays around her for long extended periods of time, she slowly has an influence on the oxytocin that releases into his bloodstream, right? So the longer a woman can be around a man without having sex with him, the greater her chance is to keep this man faithful in the long run. Because she's releasing the compound by being around him, all the fragrances and the smells and all of these sensory perceptions flooding his electrical brain is releasing this chemical into his bloodstream, where now all of a sudden he just doesn't understand, but I just feel so connected to this woman and I'm so in love, and she ain't gave me the cookies yet. And when she finally does, she is hook, line, and sinker for him. So I thought about this process. Uh, when I when I when I when I when I when I met my wife, who, who's my current wife now, it took us six months before before we even went there. But but to to to, to my liking and and by the grace of God, I have a beautiful wife that was able to capture my attention long enough. Well, I said, you know what? I don't care. I just want to be around her. I just want to be around her. And now, look, five years later, and I'm in this position that I'm in, and I love her to death and, and would never do anything to hurt her and never think about 
being with another woman. That's not even that's nowhere in my circuitry. So for the for the for the for the for the theory out there about you know women can be with whoever they want to be with, it's just not in the chemical nature of them. They have a bonding compound that says, you know what, him right here. I'm I'm, I'm just gonna be hook, line, and sinker him right here. And fellas, y'all know that because. Some women won't even, she knows when she has the one in her sights because that's the only one that she'll give attention to or give any rhythm to. And other brothers come up, she cut them down immediately because she don't even want that chemical to be released into her bloodstream being around this dude because she know where to come from it. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, I just found that interesting, and I wanted to relay that message to the people tonight, those who are out there that are, in, in, that are, that are dating and they think that it may can get serious and maybe in the long run marriage to, to increase the longevity, sisters, it's good to keep it away from them for a nice extended period of time because that will force them to commit over a longer period of time, you see. So that's important when we start to talk about dating and, and partnerships and marriages, um, at least in my opinion, I think it is. Um, outside of that, man, like I said, I ain't had much. I just wanted to drop those few jewels. And I'm going to pass it over to the Sheikh because last couple of weeks when, when he was building on the subject matter, uh, he sounded very passionate, like he had a lot to say. And I just want to sit back and listen to some wisdom. So I'm going to give it over to the brother. Wow, Minister Jew. You're going to do me like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, at first I must start with the proper salutation. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum. Peace and blessings to everyone. Shemhotep. All the beautiful greetings that we use to greet one another. Well, tonight, you know, I was talking to Brother Ample earlier and I was saying, you know, I, I had looked at some notes, but the more I reflected, you know, I want this to come from the heart because this is some real, this is real, real talk. Uh, and yet, excuse me, because I don't really know a lot of slang, brothers. I spend a lot of time in study and stuff like that, so I don't really know that the modern lingo, as they say, but I'm going to do my best tonight to, to share this with you so that some of you younger brothers and sisters and older ones, too, if you are, are listening, can um, can really benefit and heal your relationships. A lot of what Brother Minister Jew just said is going to help you anyway because he, when he was dealing with those chemicals in the brain, that is the absolute truth, the absolute truth. And that's something we really need to pay attention to. So marriage, first let me lay the base for myself. I am currently 46 years old. I've been married half of my life. Half of my life. <clears throat> now, I got married very young. I was 20, 22 years old when I got married. And um, you know, at 22 years old, you're pretty much not developed. You are not an adult. You may be in words, but not yet in deed. Your actions, your development is not where it needs to be. Your education, for the most part, is not completed. 
And really, no one has, if you were born in our communities, no one, we had no rites of passage. We had no one to sit us down and say, this is what should be done and that's what should be done. My father is a good man, and he did the best he could, and he taught me a lot of things. But some of those things, or some of the things that I really needed were not present, not because he did not attempt, but because it just wasn't present in his life. So today I try to make, be a better man um, for my son, not a better man than my father, I'm not saying that, but to be a better man, period, and to learn and acquire all that I can, that I am able to rear my children and educate my daughters and my son that they go into a relationship with the right with the right frame of mind and right frame of reference to know exactly what they're getting themselves into. Now, at 22 years old, my wife was young. Was young. We had already lived together, as 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 we said, as brother just said, we lived together for a little bit before that, about a year, I guess. And uh, we had been together for two years prior to marriage. And just thinking we know everything, ignoring the advice of our elders, that's where we make the mistake. To the younger people who are listening, this is where you make the mistake. When the elders give you advice, you need to listen. Even if it's not what you think it should be. Sometimes we have to listen to what people are saying and not how they are saying it. Some people don't know how to um, to communicate like you and I would communicate, but yet, but yet they have a message. So you have to learn to listen, to get quiet, and pay attention because marriage is no um, is no walk in the park. And I told Aunt Paul, I wasn't getting excited now. Getting excited. Marriage is no walk in the park. Marriage is not something you get involved with for a few days. Marriage is not something that you get involved with and, and think it's going to be, you know, all roses. As one, one of the singers said, it ain't, it ain't all roses. It's not. It's not going to be all roses, smiling and poses. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be peaks and valleys. There's going to be a lot of peaks, and there's going to be a whole lot of valleys. It's going to be a rough ride. So anyone that comes to you and makes you to believe that marriage is going to be some easy road that the if you were in a boat floating on some lake that's placid, it's going to be like that. That's not true. Marriage is more like an ocean tossing and turning you all over the place. So we have to go back. Something that, but I'm going to reference you, Brother Jew, a couple of times because you hit some great points, um, my young Patty One Learner. <laughs> you hit some great points. Um, sex is a drug in this context. When you're in a courtship, we use the term courtship, you know, and we old school. When, you, when you're interested in a young lady, we don't, we don't date. We court her. And what that implies is, is that you are investigating. When you go to court, to the courtroom, you take a judge, the judge is there, but you take your lawyer with you and you bring the facts and you look at the facts and then you determine what is going to be the outcome of this case based on the facts presented. And when you and I decide that we want to get married, we need to bring the facts to the table. 
And unfortunately, what I'm seeing today in today's society is that when we come to the court, we don't have all the facts. We don't have all the facts, brothers. You don't have all the facts on who this woman is. And sisters, I'm not going to be the one to give you that, that excuse like some other brothers do. You know, that we got to be bent over backwards and be able to do yoga flips to, to impress you. We all have a role. And when we learn our role, we play our role, we can live in happiness and bliss. But this illusory idea of what marriage is, some 1950s concept has to go out the window because this is not real today. It's not real today. And I know some of you all are going to want to check me when I'm done, and I'm going to allow that tonight. Go to court. Go to court. Take it to court. If you are presenting yourself, sister, as a woman, and you meet a man, and he can't discover who the real you is. He take you to dinner, and you eat properly at dinner. You make sure your mouth is closed at dinner. You make sure your legs is crossed at dinner. You make sure everything is just right. Okay, that's, that's manners, but at some point in the relationship, you've got to let this man know that you really don't eat that way, that you really eat with your mouth open, that you talk while you eat that you laugh out loud, and, and when you laugh, it snorks sometimes. He needs to know that because that might be something that he's not accustomed to, right? Come on, I'm going to keep it real with you. You laugh and you snort, but you hide that. You hide aspects of yourself. Women don't want men to believe that you pass gas. You fart. Everybody passes gas. That's a reality. Don't wait until you say the nuptials and then the real you come out. And then the man wake up and he don't know what he's looking at. He don't even know who you are. Because you hear all of that until you got it. And, brother, you got to let her know who you are. Take the evidence to court. Let her know what you like and what you don't like. Let her know if you like a cooked meal. Don't say it's all right, baby, if we eat out a lot when you really like a home-cooked meal from your wife. Don't tell her that it's okay, we're going to clean the house together for the rest of our life. It ain't really how you plan to have it. Stop lying to each other from the door. That's where you're making your mistake at. You're lying from the door. And because you're lying from the door, you cannot have a relationship founded on truth. Your foundation is shabby because you did not build it correctly from the beginning. So later on down the road, when you start finding out little things that were not um, presented in the original court case, now you want to go and, 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 and make an adjustment to the case. You want to file an appeal to the case. You want to file an appeal and say, oh, this wasn't presented or that wasn't presented. Too late now. You don't sign the contract. And everything that you sign is already in the contract, so the adjustments that you want cannot be added to that contract. Marriage is a contract. In Arabic, the word marriage is nikah, and it means a struggle to unite. doesn't mean that you're united as soon as you say, I do. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. This is why I tell anyone, we, I got married at 22. I had my first child. I was 27. We waited. I planned my children. Every one of my children were planned. Why? Because I wanted to enjoy my spouse a while before I said the nuptials. I mean, before we had children. I wanted to travel. I wanted to have a good time. I wanted to enjoy her. And then when, so when we started having babies, 
that thing would be out the way. Mm. Some of us got the cart before the horse. And what happens then, brother? You got the cart before the horse. Everything that you wanted to do, you're still going to do it, but it's going to ruin your marriage down the road because you didn't do it at the right time. You didn't do it at the right time. The court case is based on trust, my brothers, sisters. It's based on trust. You got to let them know that that's a weave. It's not your real hair. You got to let them know that those little ashes aren't yours. They didn't grow that long out your face. You got to let them know the real deal. Now, after you let them know, listen, it's okay to beautify yourself, and I'm not judging anyone who um, adorns themselves. That's not my place to judge you. My point is here is marriage that you have to let all facts on the table. All facts have to be on the table. We can't be so quick. Brother Jew is right. When a man lay with a woman, when a man lay with a woman and it's quick and you get to her fast, that relationship's not going to work. You know it's not going to work. So you don't, you got to break the habit of doing that. Is that something that's, that's uh, attached to you, that's, that's a spiritual connection that you have to your sexuality, then you have to learn how to heal that within yourself. And if you heal that within yourself, if you heal that within yourself, you can have a lasting and joyous relationship, but you have to be honest, not only with your mate, you have to be honest with yourself. Some of us in marriage relationships, we live in fear. We live in fear, number one, of being found out of who we really are because we live in a masquerade. We live in fear of confronting the other person on behaviors that are not appropriate in a marriage relationship. We have to break that cycle of fear and confront every issue that comes about if you want a true union. Because the end goal is a union. It's two souls being intertwined together into one soul. This Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said marriage is one half of faith. One half of faith. And if marriage is one half of faith, then you are only half a human being, really, in, in essence, until you become united with your, with your uh, zilge, with your other pair, your other part. So in my marriage, you know, we spent the first years in total bliss. It didn't matter if we were hungry. We were hungry together. It didn't matter if we didn't have a place to live because those times hit too. So it didn't matter because our love was so strong. It didn't matter where we slept. It didn't matter where we ate. It didn't matter. And none of that mattered when your love is strong and you, you're young and you're virile. You'll do anything. It doesn't matter. you ride or die. But that gets old, my brothers. That gets old. And if you're with a woman that's been taught and trained that the man is the maintainer and provider of a woman, then at some point something clicks in her head and she wants that maintenance. He wants you to be there to take care of her. This is essential for you to understand. Can you hear me? Am I online? Did my uh, my headpiece one? Yeah, yeah. Can we, you hear me? You hear? Yeah, yeah. We hear you. We can hear you. Okay. Okay. When 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 the joy is ending. 
you know, when it gets difficult, when she's telling you your responsibility, brother, you know, man, you got to bring some food in here. Man, that little job you got ain't enough. You need to get another job. You need to do this. We got children now. You got to buy a house. You got to have a car. You got to put insurance on, on yourself, on your family. You got to have insurance on the car. You got responsibilities now. See, you can't become complacent. And you can't, let me say this to the men. Brothers, you listen to me, brother. I'm trying to save your life. I'm trying to save your life. You can't expect a woman to be the man and then be a woman too. Because the moment she switches the role and starts acting like a man, now you become the woman. You can't get a woman to treat you like a man if you acting like a boy. The moment when I was a young man, brother, I never allowed my wife to call me baby. Never. That's something I learned in the nation from the minister. He said, don't ever let her call you baby because the moment she calls you baby, she's looking over your shoulder for a man. So you got to stop that, all that lovey-dovey that you like. That's all good in its place. But sometimes you got to say, hey, I'm a man, baby. She'll respect that. She'll respect you. All your tough Tony talk about what you, can, what you did in the street and how you was this thug and how you was this gangster and what you did and all this, that's irrelevant to her when she needs food on the table and them babies is hungry and they're crying. Don't nobody care about what you used to be. Used to be don't make no honey. Now it's time for you to step up and let's show you who a real man is. A real man going to go out there, if he got to buy a pack of pistols from the dollar store and sit on the corner for a dollar, he going to feed them babies. He ain't going to run. He going to feed them children. Ain't no pride when your baby hungry. It ain't no pride when the man come to take your car and you don't have no money to pay for the car and you need the car to get back and forth. It ain't no pride. No, you got to do what you got to do legally to feed your children. And you can do it legally without falling to the penitentiary. Brothers, if you just use your ingenuity and stop this quick fix idea, and y'all get locked up and then you expect her to sit and wait. Ain't nobody waiting for you to do no time. And Poo, they thought the minister pulled it down from heaven. They thought, it, they thought it, the shape was a, was a holy man. <laughs> That's what they thought. I, but let me tell you something. I, I wasn't born. This, I wasn't born the holy man. That took work. That took cultivation. That took pain. Man, I hurt my wife. And I'm going to get honest on this joint tonight, okay? I hurt her by neglect. I hurt her by travel, by trying to make a big name for myself in the world, Jew. I hurt her. And so now when she decided that she wanted to break free from that at one point, I had to take that. People didn't understand it. Oh, man, you, you, you know, no, man, you wasn't there. You wasn't there when she was, when she was sacrificing with me. You wasn't there in the cold when we had to huddle in the cold with no heat. You wasn't there. You little cutie thing, yeah, you fine, but you wasn't there, and you cannot replace that energy that I put into that. Nobody can. So you might not understand. You don't understand, and you don't have to. But I'm telling you, I'm giving a testimony tonight so that all of you who are listening to my voice tonight, you can know for yourself that you got to put the tough Tony down, man. 
You got to put that back in the back shelf. You got to forget that. And you got to say, whatever it is that I got to do to take care of this woman, that's my job. That's my job. But let's be clear. Taking care of her and spoiling her are two different things. Let's be clear, sister. Something that is spoiled ain't worth a damn. Mm. If this milk in this refrigerator goes bad, I throw it out. The yogurt spoils, I throw it out. And some people into that moly cheese, I don't do that. I throw that stuff out. If it's spoiled, it's not good for you. Hmm? See, today's telelie vision, today's telelie vision, the telelie vision is programming you, the housewives of Atlantis. You want a big mansion. Hmm? You make $14 an hour, but you want a mansion. You want a Bentley, not a Benz. <laughs> you want a Bentley on your little money. You want to wear designer shoes, designer bags, designer purses on your little chains, and then you expect him to carry that weight because somebody on the television programmed you to be that way. Hmm? You want to dress like B and J when you ain't got B and J's pocket change. See, we got to break that cycle. You got to break that cycle. You have to learn, and I, and I never forget this from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, how to live within your means. And if your means say you can't afford a Benz, but you can afford a used Honda that's really good on gas, then guess what you need to buy? That Honda that's really good on gas. Because what it's going to do is get you from point A to point B. That's what you need to do. Hmm? If you can't afford to wear this designer shoe, then get you a nice shoe that's comfortable on your foot, that looks decent, that's within your price range. Learn how to comparison shop. Learn how to live within your means. This all goes back to the ego because the ego wants to impress everybody in the world. And really, you don't have to impress nobody. Your love, you talking about love? Guess what, man? Love won't feed nobody. Now, it's not just saying you love you. Love is a verb. It's an action. So we're talking about that union, that love, that, mm, you know, you want that in your life. You feel it in your heart. You crave it. But if you had it, do you know how to handle it? Do you know how to handle that kind of emotion? Some, if a man poured every ounce of his being into you, sister, can you handle that? And vice versa, brother, if a woman poured everything that she had into you, can you handle it? See, so the honesty has to take place. You have to sit down and say, hey, I love you. Not just one day a week or one day a year on Valentine's Day. You got to say it every day. I love you. And then you've got to define what that means because this society used that word for anything. You have to define that, what you mean by that. What does it mean, I love you? That means that I will do whatever it takes to make sure we survive together, that I will do and give whatever it takes to be certain that you and I are going to be good together. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that when you need food, it's on the table. That when you need clothing, it's on the table. And not that women. You know, some women today got this, uh, 
this idea that you don't need a man, that you can do all this on your own. And, that, hey, look, if that's the agreement that you and him have, that's your agreement. I'm not getting involved in your agreement. I'm speaking from my perspective. And from my perspective is this man and you both got to get out here and work in 2014. In 2014, you both got to work. And you both got to communicate with each other and say what you expect from each other. But I know when I say to her, hey, baby, this is what I'm going to do. I've learned this. Listen to me. Listen and listen to this because this is going to save your life. When I say something, I better be able to stand behind it because that woman is going to hold me to every word that come out my mouth. She's going to hold me to it. Well, you said this, and she's going to quote you verbatim. Because a woman knows how to hold every word. So when you say, I'm going to do A, B, and C, okay, well, I'm looking for that. She's going to, in her mind, she's setting the time frame. She's expecting that to happen. Why? Because her man told her it's going to happen. So you can't come back later and oh, baby, you understand it's hard. No, she don't understand that. The only thing she understands is what you told her. So, brothers, you have to learn to keep your mouth shut. Shut up, man, until you learn how to do what it is that's in your heart to do. In your mind is working, your gears is working. So you think you can go to her and share everything. I don't want to tell her what my ideas are, what my, what my desires are, what my dreams are. And that's all pretty. You saw that on TV, but it ain't real, man. It's not real. You can't share all that. You tell her exactly what you're going to do, but make sure you already calculated that you can do it. So if all you can do is, baby, I can bring you home a lollipop tonight for certain, then you come home with that lollipop. But don't tell her you're going to come home with lobster tail, and you can't get no lobster tail because she's going to expect it. And when you build an expectancy, you build an attachment to the expectancy, and when you fail in the expectancy, she loses faith in you. And every day a little bit of faith gets lost. Every time you fail, a little bit of faith gets lost. And when that faith gets lost, that wellspring of love gets broken, and now she and her eyes wondering. Once that happens, brother, it's too late. It's over. She might be still there, but it's done. And milk once sour, regardless of what anybody says, is never sweet again. Once that milk go bad, brother, ain't nothing you can do about it. You can flip, you can change who you are and all this. It's only by the grace of the divine intervention that will move that woman's heart back to you. This is a whole lecture. I gotta, I'm going to have to do this again some other time because in reality, in reality, my friends, if you are a, a powerful spiritual being that you are, and we are, and she is our second self, and we both are uh, two parts of a whole, then we both have to work diligently to make this work because this whole society is against marriage. This whole society is against a perfect union. You can't tell me anything about that. You can watch all the TV you want, all of that madness and the gossip they're doing on that idiot box. You need to leave that thing alone. You need to fast from that and be very selective about what you watch, very selective about what you watch on that box because it's, it's destroying you. Now, I'm going to get to the wondering eye now, brother, and I'm going I'm to wrap this up because this is destroying us. The wondering eye. You got your eye on everything except what you need to have it on. And then the moment you put your eye on everything except what you need to have it on, it takes you away from where you need to be. 
Some of you young, you got married too young. You should have found some counseling before you did that. I perform weddings, and I don't, I don't marry a couple now until I know that I've counseled with them, that I've talked with them. Because if I, if I don't do that, then I feel responsible. I feel responsible when something happens in that relationship and it's not healing. It's not healing. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all listening to me? So be careful. Be very careful, family, how you, what you say to each other. That's why I said the language of marriage. Listen, I know I got excited there for a minute, but I'm going to revisit that real quick because that's the most important part I think I said tonight. To the men, map everything out you want to do for your spouse in your head before you speak it because every word that you say is a spell. Every word that you say is creating. So hold it in. Resist the urge to lay your head in the lap and say, oh, baby, I got dreams. We're going to do this. I'm going to do this for you, that for you, that for you. She get all giddy and she flight in her head and she feel good because she trusts you, man, and she believes everything you're telling her. That's why the pimp is so successful in the street because he knows what to say to her. And he, he's so talented, he get a woman to go out and sell her body and bring him the money. You got that power too, but you laying there telling her dreams. No. Stop speaking dreams, man. Dreams aren't real. Vision is real, but dreams are not real. So if you're laying there on her lap and you know there's something that you can accomplish today, in two weeks, we're going to take a trip to the Bahamas. She said, for real? She said, yeah, babe, I already took care of the plane tickets, everything scheduled. All I need you to do is schedule the time off. It's taken care of. Woo! Woo! She's going to be happy, brother. You're going to get blessed that night for real. See? Because that's real. That's tangible. <laughs> See? <laughs> but if you say, you know, baby, I've been thinking we need to go to the Bahamas. That'd be great, wouldn't it? We can go to the islands. We can ride the horses on the beach. And you pump her head up and she's like, oh, baby, when are we going to do it? I don't know. We're going to work on it. You might get something that night, but it won't be like what you would have got if you had planned it out and had it ready for. <laughs> See? This is what I'm telling I'm talking, man, I've been married 24 years. I've been, I've been to the top of the mountain, to the bottom of the sewer. I've been through it. And one time I wouldn't speak the real because I was afraid of my image. That's another thing, man. I, man. I'm, I'm giving it up because, look, I ain't afraid of no image no more. Allah made me to now not fear nothing. I ain't afraid of death, penitentiary, losing my spouse. I ain't afraid of nothing because I'm clean before God now, and I'm happy about that. It don't matter. When you're free like that, match, I walk the earth free because I don't have no fear. My daddy didn't raise me to fear no man. I never had to worry about that. Everything else, I, those other three things I had to learn, I learned it. I'm telling you now, man, you want to make her happy, you map it out ahead of time. Take, take, take Sheikh's advice. Map it out ahead of time. Lay it down. Then lay it something on. Start with something small. Go and make a dinner reservation. Go and make a dinner reservation. 
Make sure you got the money to cover the whole ticket. Don't get to that table and be looking at her for no money. Man, don't make me come out there and find you, man. Don't you do that. <laughs> you take her to dinner, man, and you pay for it, man. Pay the tip, too. Okay? Watch what happens. This is, this is a positive in your relationship account, family. And the more you make deposits in that relationship account, when the day comes that you've got to make a withdrawal, you have enough to cover the check. But if you don't have enough to cover the check, the check's going to bounce and come back insufficient funds. And when it comes back like that, woo, all that love that you've got going to turn to hate. And when she directs that energy towards you that's negative, man, the way the world would drop on you. Some men are taking their own life from that weight. You know spiritual power like what a woman has, brother. Ain't no spiritual power like that. Now, Brother Ampoum, give me five more minutes. I got to say this. The master said, teach something take, on the sexual take, part take of marriage. Time, take, take your time. To teach something on the, on the sexual part of marriage. Some of us, man, before we got married, we laid it down, down. You know, candles, rose petals, you know, Y'all, if y'all, y'all used to, one of y'all used to drink a little wine, smoke a little weed, get where you want to be, and do all your, do, do all kinds, do gymnastics in the bedroom, in the car, in the living room, you know, on the kitchen table, under the table, everywhere you wanted to. Get married and all that stuff. Then you got headaches. Lesson say, brother, aches and pains and all your joints, can't even walk up to the store. You got all these complaints now. Part of that is our fault, brother. When she complained like that, part of that is us because her her desire to please you is gone because you haven't done your part. But part of that is on you, sister, because you got comfortable now. You think, I got him. I conquered the goal. Now I can relax. That's not true. That's not true. Now I'm going to say something that is a scientific fact but it's something that human men have to overcome. There is no male creature in nature. Well, no, but very few male creatures in nature that are monogamous. Very few in nature. A dog is not monogamous, a male dog. I'm not saying we are dogs. A lion is not monogamous. Um, All kinds of creatures. Usually, to a pride of lions, there's one male and several females, and vice versa. Now, the challenge of the human male is that we are to overcome that primitive instinct that's functioning from the base of the brain, the Abdullah Ablangala, to procreate human life. We are to overcome that and stay with one woman. Or if you're Muslim, you allow more than one. However, if you some in, in Judaism too, you allow more than one. However, Allah does say in the Quran, one is best. One is best if you but knew. So God is telling us, that one wife is best. And to get all that you desire out of that gold mine, you got to handle her right. And he, she got to handle you right. So that takes communication. Once communication is broken down, you're going to lose the fight. So you got to be able to tell her, look, baby, what happened to when we used to be so into each other physically? We used to be all over the place. Well, you failed me. You got, you got to let her say that, man. If, she, if you failed her, you got to build yourself up to hear it. You got to hear that. 
You let your boss tell you when you ain't do right, and he, she writes she, she write you an um, evaluation, and evaluation is bad, you sign it. <laughs> if it's at work, you sign it. But if it's at home, you don't want to hear when you got a bad evaluation, let her give you an evaluation. That way you know you got to improve at. And then when you improve on those topics, now you don't turn the wellspring back on. Now, wow, I just want to make him happy. But if you got you teaching your wife like a queen and you're looking at everything else going by, come on, man, you got to train that eye. You got to train that eye. I took, my, I took my spouse out. We had been through something. Um, we had been through a lot. And uh, we had been apart for a while. And um, we bought our thing together. We, 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 we fixed it. I took my wife out. And uh, she said, she said, this young lady walked past. You know, I'm, I'm a holy man, but I'm, I'm alive. <laughs> and, man, I'm going to tell you, the sister had a figure. I'm not going to lie to you now. And she looked at me. She tried to look at my eye to see if I was looking at her. She looked at my eye, and I looked at hers. And she said, oh, I didn't see you checking that out. I said, I'm interested in that. She said, really? I said, no, I'm with the woman I'm interested with. Oh, man, she started crying. And then I had to make her to believe that by continuing the behavior. And I said to her, I'm 40, I was 40-something at the time. I ain't into that no more. I'm a grown, excuse the language, but I'm a grown-ass man now. That don't move me. Nicki Minaj don't excite me. Beyonce walking on stage with a thong on don't excite me. That don't move me. If you can't, I'm going to quote a movie. If you can't stimulate my intellect as well as my loin, there's no need to even try to do anything with me. My intellect has to be stimulated. And the same thing with her. Her intellect has to be stimulated. And even if her intellect isn't where yours is in your study, then you've got to be patient. This is my last point. I remember as a young brother coming into the nation of Islam, or coming into the mosque, rather, and I was selfish, man. I'd get up for Fajr Salah, and I wouldn't wake her up. She told the minister on me at the mosque, told on me. <laughs> and the minister said, brother, why you don't wake up? I said, brother, I told her to get up. She don't get up, so I go and pray. She said, I, he said, I bet you if you wanted to look at you, wake her up. <laughs> I said, uh, yeah. He said, well, okay then. then you, if you, if, 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 what's more important, that or God? Pray with your family, bro. I don't care what your religion is. If you worship, if you're pagan, if you worship whatever, I don't care if you worship your doorknobs in your house, you do it with your spouse. You build that bond with each other. Because two people in the same house that don't have nothing in common, they ain't no peace. And that's what you want. You want peace. Because when you're dealing with the flesh, we're dealing with the soul here, man. Marriage is about the soul. So that's what I have to say tonight. And um, I got a little excited but that's my nature. I'm going to be who I am. But thank you. Peace and blessings, love and light. Wonderful, wonderful. Man, my phone was on mute. Man, y'all can y'all two brothers make it. Y'all make it hard, man. Y'all made it hard tonight. The Facebook fans is going phenomenal over there. They saying 
and you got to do multiple additions to this, and they passing this to all their friends. They got to listen to this and whatnot. And that's, that's what's up, man. Definitely uh, spread the word. I am going to take a total different approach from my usual. Um, the, the shape got real, got me excited, of course, but I had to stop myself because I was about to go in a direction that I didn't want to go in. And um, I'll say two things. Marriage is interesting um, with the word marriage. Um, Venus in the cosmology rules over the relationships. But marriage starts off with Mars, and Mars is warfare. Mars is conflict. Mm. Um, and and it's not, you know, that's interesting that we use that term. And I think we really got to understand that term and understand that component because when you're saying it, I'm married, you actually are invoking Mars and not necessarily the Venetian principle, but it's balanced, and that's cool. It's balanced, but you have to understand um, that it's not easy and it's definitely uh, uh, what we conceive to be a good fight, which takes me to another point. Um, in Genesis, the priest, um, the English translation is horrible when they say, and I talked about this before, the Lord God said it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a fitting helper for him. That's not what the translation said. It, it would really say something like, say it, Lord God, not good, whereas man alone make for him help opposite. That's, that's how, so they're saying I make for him the opposite to help him. And in and, and the Kabbalah 3 course, I'm going to show you what they're actually talking about with the opposite. You have to sign up for that course, which, by the way, uh, deadline for that course, our five-month course, is February the 9th. And I'm going to show you what they're talking about. They're talking about starlight, and I'm going to prove it. All right? So the woman and man are, are obviously, and we know in our reality, we, we opposite, yin-yang, up now, we, we just opposite, and that's what they were actually talking about. All right? So when we understand that women is the Venetian principle, then man naturally would be the Martian principle, um, the masculine energy, and marriage takes on that particular energy, and we have to really learn how to balance that out. All right? <clears throat> um, my approach is different tonight. Um, neither one of these brothers know what my approach is. Um, I am going to ask um, some questions tonight just for some clarity. Um, and I'll start with Minister Jew, and then Shake, you can, you can follow up and answer. Um, is it you're necessary? You know, um, I asked Minister Jew first and then the Shay can answer. Um, is it necessary um, for your wife or for anybody in, in relationships, is it necessary um, for them to be on the same spiritual path? And um, for couples that are not on the same spiritual path, um, can this work? If so, um, what are some tools that can bridge this tremendous gap? <clears throat> Do they have to be on the same spiritual path? If you ask me that question in totality, I'm going to say no. They don't. Would it help if they were? Absolutely. But does it mean total detriment if they're not? No, it doesn't. Um, when you, and I can only speak from, from my personal viewpoint on 
religion and spirituality. When you when you become aware that all of these systems, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, the practices of the Buddha, um, the Confucius practices, all of these practices are in essence saying the same thing. The morals and the ethics are primarily the same. The only thing that changes is some of the, the, the practices involved and the names involved in which we identify deity, uh, the way we identify and label the creator. Um, these are the things that vary, okay? Um, from, from where I'm at, my wife is a Christian. She goes to church. She worships Jesus Christ, the energy of the Christ, and she has a great time doing it. I've been to some of the services with her. They got a beautiful church, and they're into giving, and they're into sharing, and they're into praying for people. And when you get to the brass tacks of it all, that's what we're all here to do. We're here to help people. We're here to show how service is the most important thing um, that the Creator wants us to be involved in. So when you, when you, from speaking only from my perspective, I don't think it has to be that way because when you realize that all of these things are the same in essence. Uh, and not not necessarily in name or the way that they culturally express it, then you realize there's really no need for combat. There's really no need to have disagreement. In fact, you can spread your level of knowledge and her level of knowledge in your own home and just see how similar these things are. We have to look for similarities even in what we perceive to be differences because we don't see that with man and woman, even though we are two totally opposites, but we love to come together and attract. So why should it be anything different outside of religious practices? You see, if we're doing it from the most essential nature of ourselves, then why can't we do it with something that's printed on paper and we're reading scripture from paper? You understand what I'm saying? To get an understanding of how we can facilitate our spiritual growth and development on this planet. So I don't think you have to. I think the people involved have to be mature, and that comes before religion or you, your, your, your mental mind state of what you need to become or, or come into as a man and as a woman needs to be developed uh, before you even start talking about spiritual things because that will set the guideline for the level of respect inside of the relationship in the house. And once that's, once that's established, then everything else should be, you know, everything else can be agreeable from that point, even if it's looked at out of two different lenses, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Very, very well put. Wow. Okay, now you know. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue the tradition of tonight and just keep it real. It takes an evolved human being, much like what Brother Minister Jew just said. It takes an evolved human being to have a wife that has a different faith. What you just described is all the principles of faith are basically essentially the same. I agree with that. But it takes an involved person as yourself to understand that. Now, me, early on in my Islamic um, 
uh, life. You know, I, I'm a Muslim. I was born that way. But when I began to practice my faith seriously, I expected everything and everybody around me to be that way. I became a demagogue. I became a tyrant in the house. I'm just going to keep it real about me. And, and you know, you know me, Ann Poole. You know how I was in, in the nation. I was very rigid, you know. If I came in the kitchen and the sisters was cooking um, cooking the, the dinner for Sunday and if it wasn't right and done like exactly like it was supposed to be, I had something to say about it, you know. I might even make them start over again. So that's how I was, and I had to be, I had to learn. I had to learn how to love a woman. I had to learn how to be compassionate, and I caused some bruises in that learning process. So today my wife is Muslim, and I'm Muslim. But I'll say this, the way she practices her Islam is not the way I practice my Islam. I don't condemn her for the way she practices her Islam. She don't condemn me for the way I practice my Islam. We learn how to practice differently. Now, essentially our faith is the same. Now, even with a Christian and a Muslim, I mean, we have to come to the, a Christian Muslim or a Christian Jew or Jew Christian. It doesn't matter. You have to come to the realization of what Brother Jew said. Essentially, a person's soul belongs to the divine. In Islam, we say, you're Medin, on the day of judgment. You know, on Yom Medin, when I stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm not standing with her. I'm standing for me. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. I'm going to stand for me. And I have to I have to realize that I can't stand for none of my students that I teach. I can't stand for my children. I can't stand for my spouse. So what you choose to do, be true to you. I'm going to love you. We can be we can we can ride. We can stay together forever. Be true to you. Be true to yourself. That's the key, I have to say, on that point, Brother Ampool. Okay. Thank you. Thank what you. do you think, Brother uh, I, thought, um, I think that is very possible. Uh, again, I, I definitely agree with you. You have, you have to be evolved. Um, you got to have um, yeah, you, got, you have to be evolved and you have to have um, patience. And, 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 and as you, you know, um, it's like you too. I remember in my early development, um, I just thought it had to go that way. It had to go the way that I, I personally saw things, uh, especially when you had this thing that you the man and you 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 know you have to provide, and so therefore everything has to go your particular way because you did you're, you're the initiator type of thing. Um, but everything is possible in this reality, uh, and that's what we have. That's what we have to get to in the in the in the in the the, the balance. Is being of opposite the full moon, um, the, the lunar eclipse that, or the, even a new moon when two different energies are together um, in the sky, or whether they in complete opposition to full moon, uh, is still talking about masculine and feminine opposites, but being in balance to one another in two total different you know energies. You know what I mean? Um, so when it comes to faith itself. Um, you definitely will have to be an evolved person to be able to extract the wisdom and the lessons that's inside of that without a shadow of a doubt. And then to pull off the minister, um, would it help help propel? Absolutely. If you're on the same core, absolutely. It, it will propel uh, what you're doing collectively. So I, I definitely agree with the both of you. Um, 
I'll start with you on this one, Sheikh, and then Minister Jew, you, you, you can answer a second. Um, have either of you, when you said it, Sheikh, um, have either of you ever been separated from your wife, and why would you say that had took place? What was the lesson for you, and most importantly, um, what do you feel you had to learn from that experience, but how did you overcome it? Wow. Man, you you went for the juggler on that one, brother. You went for the juggler on that one, brother. Yes, I have been separated from my spouse, and um, even to say that took a while to get to that point. And what was the second part to that question? Um, what would you say the lesson was for you, uh, on why you had to go through that, and most importantly, how did you overcome it? the lesson that I learned. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of lessons from it. I learned a lot of lessons from it. But the biggest lesson that I learned is that I had to relinquish all attachments. Sometimes our love can be so suffocating, so strong that it'll, it'll drown out another person and it'll suffocate them. They don't. They can't breathe. And, you know, you have to know how to balance your energy, especially, you know, like, brothers, we're dealing with some powerful energy that we use. We're really using some powerful energy. We we say things sometimes we don't even realize the power of what we're saying. That energy is emanating from us. And sometimes when another person is not on that same vein as you, you suffocate them with that energy and they can't just handle it. So I had to learn detachment, and I learned how to detach myself. I learned how to go within myself and circulate that energy within myself and become a powerful energy being because I was losing a lot of energy, sending it out, and it not being received at that time. So, yeah, I I, I learned that lesson, and that was a powerful lesson. It's a powerful lesson, man. Um it was a, it was, I don't know how to describe this. I remember, I'm going to give you this, brother. I'm going to give this to everybody who's listening. I met, I mean, let me, let me, can I go back a little bit, Aunt Pula, under, so people uh, yeah, understand absolutely. where I'm coming from? Absolutely. Let me lay this on y'all. When I met my wife, she was five years old. Y'all, y'all didn't hear me. Okay. I met this woman when I was five, when she was five and I was seven. Hmm? That's how long I've known her. I've known her literally my entire life. I fell in love with her in the 1980s. I fell in love with her in the 1980s. I remember one day I was walking down the street in Philadelphia, me and my cousin, we were in school, and I saw this girl. And and the woman that I was to marry was in Virginia at the time, and I saw this girl, and I said, man, she looks just like. And I said her name. I don't want to put her name out there because she doesn't really like to be public like that. And... um. 
I said, I'm going to go down and see her. My cousin's like, man, you're crazy. You're crazy. I caught the bus that weekend with the Virginia, and the rest is history. That bond, man, to adore, Malcolm said it best, the word adore, to adore a human being so much, man, that I would give my life at any moment in my life for her up until the point that she and I separated. I would have, man, I would have did anything. Give me a lever and I would have moved this planet based on that attraction to her. So in essence, I worshipped her. I paid lip service to Allah while I worshipped my wife. Mm. I broke that. That was wrong. That was wrong. I was giving too much, and no human being can take that kind of adoration. So he broke that. And when he broke that dependency on the other person, that attachment, now everything in my life came into balance. Now it came into balance. So now I can administer the love. I can give it to you as you're supposed to have it. I can pull back a little bit. When I see it's going overboard, I can step it up because I'm mastered me. And that's what it taught me, brother, how to master me. And that's why today I can call myself Sheikh because I mastered the energy of myself. That's, that's the answer to that. Wow, I like that answer, brother. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another part of it is, if you can, um, from your understanding, what would you say was the cause of the separation from your mindset back then? The cause was what I just said. I suffocated her. That mm-hmm. was the cause. I suffocated her. I didn't allow her to be who she wanted to be. But I thought who she was was one thing, and I tried to impose that on her. And then... Mm-hmm. She felt that she wasn't that person. But then again, she had to find aspects of herself. And we mm-hmm. as men are so egocentric, man. Our egos are tremendous. We think we can control everything in a woman's life, that we got to go and tell her what to do, where to dress, how to do. Listen, you can't control nobody but yourself, and half the time you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we got to learn to let go. And if somebody falls and make a mistake, if your little baby is learning to walk, the baby going to fall, man. That's what happens. That's how you learn to walk. You can't learn to walk without falling. And you're not going to get through a marriage without bruises. So I had to pull back. That's just real. That's what was caused for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you, man. Thank, definitely thank you for sharing. Prime Minister? Uh, well, in my case, man, I've never been separated um, from my wife. Obviously, we newly married back in August, but prior to that, we had been together for five years, and in that stretch, I've never been separated from her. That's a blessing. Indeed, indeed it is. <clears throat> and I'll start with the minister on this one, then, then to the shake, and, and kind of add on to, to the previous question. In the case, Hypothetical, and ain't nothing hypothetical but the prime minister. Um, but to give us the insight in, in the situation um, as men um, and as men on spiritual paths and things happen, the example I want to use is in the case of separation or that lack of connection that's in relationships, uh, let's just say your wife becomes sexually intimate with another person. 
Is there any coming back for you, Minister Jew?
you know, in, under the law. But there's a t- waiting period. So we have to understand in the universal order of things that we are all human beings. As a man, you have to ask yourself that question. The Jew holds himself to a high standard, to a very high standard, and that's beautiful. I can't hold myself to that standard because I don't know what I do in that situation. Well, I do know what I do in that situation, and I might fail that test. You might fail that test, Ann Poole. She might fail that test. Do you want mercy? That's the question. Do you want forgiveness for what you did? So how can we be so unjust as men? And I'm not judging you, beloved, because you, you're exceptional. But I'm saying, as, as, as the collective body of men, how can we be so unjust? And you find in the, in, the, in the society so much that we want forgiveness when we make a mistake, but we don't want to forgive her when she makes a mistake, when, she, when her judgment was off, when her emotions was off. You know? Come on, man. We got to be just. It's bigger than the physical act. You, you said it yourself. It's the mind. It's the pheromones. It's the hormones. It's the, it's the chemical that you mentioned. I can't remember. It's oxy something that you mentioned. It's that. Mm-hmm. All that's going on. We're a chemical factory. So we can't even, sometimes you can't even blame it on the intellect of the person. It's a biological thing that may have happened. That's why we curb ourselves from that. And there's a saying in the there's not a saying. There's a verse in the Quran that Allah says, "The taqrubu zina, the taqrubu zina." In the Sayyidah Aisha, He says, "Go not near zina. Go not near fornication." He don't say don't do fornication. He said don't even go near it. Don't go near it. Why? Because of all the things that we just mentioned. All of the reactions of the human body that will take place when we're in the vicinity of someone that could attract, that can attract us. So we set up barriers to that. But still, yet we fall victim. So yes, we have to have a forgiving heart, especially as sinful as we are in this world, in this place called America. Man, we don't have no right to judge another human being. This is a citadel of unrighteous conduct. That's my answer. It's interesting too, Shake. I know it's a scripture. I think it's Romans. A friend of mine mentioned this to me before about how Paul came to the Most High and talked about how even he had problems in that department as far as yeah. you know the the the, the, the yeah. sexual nature and being drawn to do unclean things per se. So yeah. you're absolutely right about that. Paul Paul said, "Oh wretched man that I am." Who would deliver me from the body of this death? He said, the things that I would do, I do not. That I should do, I do not. But this thing that I, you know, in words I'm not supposed to be doing, I continue to do it. Oh, wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from the body of this death? And you don't know, man, when your conscience is awake and you going out there and you intentionally doing wrong, man, you're punishing yourself. (laughs) Punishing yourself. Yeah, brother. Go ahead, Ampoo. Hit me with another one. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do have one for you, Shake. Um, um, before I do, let me add on to that. I've been through that experience where I've had, um, I went outside the marriage first. She found out later. Um, and then later I found out that she went outside. Um, and then I went outside again. And then later I found out she went outside again. 
um, and you know we we hear, um, and you know it's it, it you know it was acts of forgiveness, um, and and you know it's just for me I would want that mercy um, because it's something that I've done, and you know um, I, I I couldn't throw it out you know what I mean so you know. Uh, I've been there. It's my whole point. I actually been there. The, the question I have for you, Sheikh, um, as a Sheikh uh, leader um, and handsome, I may even add, um, was there ever was a the time? Uh, I said in handsome, as I may add, was there ever oh, a time um, where, uh, especially coming from your Islamic background, did you ever feel like? You had to have, or you, you, did you ever feel like you had more love to offer? You didn't get to this place where you're giving off so much energy. Uh, in this case, women are attracted to you. Did you ever feel like you, had, you were in a place where you felt like you wanted to give your love to um, uh, multiple women, especially coming from an Islamic background? Man, Pooh, you trying to get me jammed up again. I... Oh, no, no, but I'm just trying to get some clarity. Bleed the fifth, Shay. <laughs> he said he loved me. <laughs> hey, Joe, he said he loved me. Look what he's doing to me, brother. Uh, no, um, no, no. Ah, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, my brother. Hey, jokes aside, no. Mm-hmm. No. And I'm going to say no to the word love. To the word love. We, okay. you know, I, I could never really see myself, especially in the, as a minister in the NOI, and during that time period in my life, I could never really see myself loving someone else. Now, did the idea come in my mind to have another wife, to, to take care of other families as, as Islam teaches and to, to have that, yes. And I, and I have to be honest with that because I believe every man who is Muslim has thought about that. And you'd be a liar to say that you're not. Mm-hmm. You, you thought about it. Mm-hmm. But my point, mm-hmm. my point here is Allah give a man one heart. You don't give him two. So your heart is really to that one that you really, 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 really love. And if you did indulge in something else, it wasn't out of love. You have to really think back. Was it love? Was it lust? Was it love or was it your ego? Was it the attention that you needed? You see? All those things. All those things. We, we sometimes, our minds fool us, man, and we begin to think that we, we just have this enormous capacity. We, we trip ourselves out. And, brother, let me tell you something. I get a lot of attention from women. I get a lot of attention. I I know. (laughs) And it's like, man, brother, it's a burden almost to to have to say no so many times. No, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, you know, when you, when you, that, your wife feels that energy too, man. When you're getting, when you're teaching like you teach, brothers, what y'all doing right now, you think your wife don't feel that energy? You think your wife ain't thinking about right now? Who's listening on the radio fine and trying to figure out a way to get in there? She's thinking about that right now. Mm-hmm. See? So you got to really master yourself, man. You got to master yourself. That's what it all goes back to. 
You know, you got to get everything you need from you. And you got to, what the little extra that you need got to come from her. But in reality, brother, um, not every male thinks about that, but the capacity of the heart to love. If you if you out here running around, you know, I'm not going to, even if you out here running around with other women, there's something wrong with you. There's something imbalanced in you. And not only are you hurting yourself in your relationship, you're hurting those other women that you run around with. You're destroying them, you know, and that's, and that's not good. And if we do that, we've got to repent, man. You've got to repent because you're hurting these sisters, man. And these sisters, they, they really need someone to care for them and love them, and they don't need you running in and out of their house and not really paying attention to them, not really loving them, and not really they got kids, they got children, they got families. They want, you know, she wants you to come and meet her father too but you're treating her like a second-class citizen. And some of this we learn from our teachers because we saw our teachers do this. We saw our dads do this and we learned this behavior. So you're destroying other lives, man. Sisters who are listening, the man is married, run, get away from him. Don't let this fool tell you no madness about a second wife and his first wife don't know nothing about it. It's bullshit. Mm. And I said it. I don't curse. But you had to hear it like that. <laughs> That's right <laughs> Okay Don't you let him pull it on you man Don't you let your hormone sister Work you up and believe this madness And if you did it repent Repent and get it make, Repent Whatever you call your God Go to your God and repent Because you hurt someone Now in that hurt that they felt They learned a lesson now, be grateful that you learned that lesson, sister, and go ahead on and grow up. Get past it. Keep it moving. But, brothers, you've got to stop this, man. We're running in and out of houses hurting people, man, hurting people. And guess what? You're creating negative, negative karma. Oh, man, you're creating a trail of light. It ain't good. It's coming back. It's coming back, brother. I got two beautiful daughters. Every time a dude come over here, I want to tell you, you know, Sweat around the house with my pistol in my pants. Hey, bro, what's up? <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? Because that karma, mm-hmm. you got to repent you know, to Allah it's coming back. You know, it's a line, and I used to tell to Noble this all the time. It was a Jay-Z line, one of, one of my favorite songs by Jay-Z, where he says, <clears throat> he says, even the worst pain is the distress, learning you're the mistress. Only after that love gets slain. And he's saying the anger and the sorrow mixed up leads to mistrust. And now it gets tough to ever love again. He hit that. And, uh, and, I, and I, I think about that line all the time, how many women it is out here. You know, I don't know if it was that tragic of a situation, but you didn't find out that you weren't the main squeeze until after who you thought was your main squeeze and passed away and you at the funeral thinking you're going to be in the front row and you get there mm. and it's a lady that you've never seen in your life grieving mm. with the mother of the man in the casket. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Work that. It's Very well put. <clears throat> Oh, we keep it moving, man. I asked the prime minister, then then shake. I'll come to you. You can you can follow up at the prime minister. I believe this is a saying. You you definitely interested. I mean that you know, um, shake. Uh, minister Duke, 
there's a saying that truth out of season is worse than a lie. Is there ever a time in a relationship where, where the man shouldn't tell the wife something and vice versa, the wife shouldn't tell uh, her husband something, even though it's the truth, but it's out of season? Is there ever a time where we should not confide in the other spouse? That's another trick question. You ask him, you know my stance on these things, man. I'm not, I'm not. The people don't know, brother. You know my stance on these things, man. I'm like this, y'all. This is how I am. I'm going to say it if it's the truth. I'm going to say it. And I think that that's just me, man. I think that it needs to be expressed if you can do it respectfully, respectfully, I think it needs to be expressed because I'm going to tell you something. When you, when, you, when you hold in things that you feel can grow and develop the relationship where it can relinquish stress and drama and worry and anger, okay, I think you need to express it, man. Now, it, it may be sometimes where, it, you know, well, I, say, I put it to you this way. In totality, yes. If that's if in totality, yes, because sometimes you might run into a situation where y'all may be feuding, and at that particular time, it's not a good time to 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 say it. So only in that instance, when it's it's a disagreement, and you you can obviously see that the tempers are flared, it's, it's, it may not be a good time then. But any time outside of that, man, where it's where y'all not obviously in dis in a disagreeable state. I think any I think truth is always on time, all the time. And um us having to just deal with it, temperament and being human beings and, and having emotional states, that's the only thing that makes me say, you know what? Let let me let me take that in, into consideration because we're not the most high. And since truth is the only thing that the most high is let me take that into mm-hmm. consideration. Outside of that, outside of that, if it's not that situation, I think the light of the truth needs to always shine in when the circumstances are, are, are not that into which I just priorly stated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you repeat the question, please? The saying that... Um, the truth out of the season is worse than the lie. Is there ever a time where you should not tear your spouse, either or husband to wife and wife to husband, um, the truth? You know, my silence sounds like I'm about to tell a lie, doesn't it? No. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. Man, well, <laughs> it, no, it, you should always tell the truth. That's that's the, that's the correct answer right there. You should always tell the truth, but it, it's how you tell the truth. And you mm-hmm. have to know the temperament of the person that you're talking to. See, this isn't a, a stroke that you can paint with, with just one brush. You know, this is this is a this is a pretty delicate picture we're painting here, and it takes a lot of different 
brushes and a lot of different paints to make this picture look right. And I say that to say because I don't want anyone listening to us to take this general information that we're given and try to play, uh, apply it to their particular situation, and their situation may not be applicable to your situation. You know, so you have to be very careful how you apply this. Truth out of season is not good sometimes, but neither never is a lie good. So you have to you have to think about how you want to display the truth, how you're going to get the truth, what is the timing of the truth. You have to really contemplate what the truth is that you have to speak mm-hmm. and how it's going to affect that other person. How is it going to affect your children? How is it going to affect your parents, your grandparents? Because when you get married, you're not marrying an individual. You're marrying a family. And, and everything that goes on in that relationship is going to affect, it's going to have a ripple effect. When I say something to my spouse, it's hurtful. I hurt her, I hurt her mother, I hurt her father, I hurt her siblings. I hurt the whole family. You see, mm-hmm. and vice versa, especially if you've got a spouse that shares the information with their, with, their, with their family members that's going on in the household. So your actions, man, are not just affecting you, and we are foolish to believe that. Our actions are affecting everybody that's involved in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see? That was a, that, yeah, that was a beautiful answer, excellent answer. Um, let me let me rephrase it a little bit too. On, on another note, um, in a situation of let's just say volunteering information, uh, Minister Du, you're receiving text messages, emails. It's a it's a sister that's interested in you because you're just this dynamic teacher that you are, and they're throwing it at you. Um, and same thing for you, Shake. You get it all the time. Is this something? Even though you 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 play by your rules, you didn't break the rules. You're not breaking the rules. Uh, your covenant but this energy is coming to you. Is this something that you voluntarily tell your spouse? Who are you asking that to first, Nolan? You, you first. Absolutely you tell her. Absolutely you tell her. The reason that you tell her is because you don't set up the boundaries of distrust later. Because if she ever goes through that stuff and sees it and you've never said anything, she's automatically going to label you a liar to some degree. Now, if you tell her the earnest is on her to adjust her psychology to find out how much she truly trusts her husband. You can never, ever, ever have the ball in her court where she has a reason to believe because you did not inform. You, you, you have to inform because, because if not, my question is to you, Noble, why wouldn't you tell her? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? why that's, that's, the, that's the most important question. Why wouldn't you tell her? Because obviously it's an energy going on here. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, it's, especially if you're telling her, hey, listen, babe, this is what's going on. As you can see here, I've replied and told her that, you know, I'm not interested. I'm, I'm happily married. I'm, 
Uh, you know, I, I have a family to take care of and keep together. You know, this can only bring drama, blah, 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 blah. Once you establish that line, I think that can only grow trust if you got a steadfast and a, and, a, and a wise woman. You know what I mean? She would be able to take that in better than her stumbling across your stuff one day, seeing 50 pictures and 30 messages, and you never respond to nothing because that opens up the imagination. Oh, well, you know, maybe he's just not responding online because, you know, maybe I go through his stuff. But I don't know, has he been talking to this woman on the phone? I can't monitor his phone because, you, know, you know, he had that all. Mm-hmm. You have to eliminate all of the doubts. And, right. and, 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 and when you, 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 you do that, the earnest is on her from that point on to decide whether or not she trusts you in that particular venue, knowing that you're a teacher, you're a consultant, et cetera, et cetera, man. That's, that's my viewpoint on it. Beautiful answer. Shake. Beautiful answer. I've got to ask you to repeat the question, though. I want to be certain to get it right. Um, in a situation where you're receiving emails, text messages, um, flirtatious activity, you didn't violate the covenant with your wife, is this something that you voluntarily tell your wife? Or and when I say wife, y'all, I'm not. I'm, I'm, it's, it's vice versa too. Should the wife tell her husband as well? Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Um, but first, before you tell anybody anything, you you need to shut it down. You need to shut it down. Now, this is how I handle that because honestly, I'm on Facebook a lot. I'm on the computer a lot, communicating with people, communicating with students, and I can honestly say that none of my students flirt with me. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of, I have more female students than I do male students, but they don't flirt with me because I don't present myself in that way. You have to present yourself in a way, brothers, that let women know that you ain't going to play that. You know? You ain't, I'm not playing that. I ain't got to, I'm not here for that. If, you, if you're teaching spirituality, then they have to see you for spirituality. It's natural for a student to become attracted to the teacher at some point, but it's a violation on the teacher's behalf to break that trust and go and try to lay with the student. You have to take a Hippocratic oath. You can't violate that trust. If you violate that trust, you've broken the oath. Now you no longer can stand and be who you're supposed to be. You can't even be the person you're supposed to be in in front of that, that woman you're supposed to be guiding. So, number one, if you sense it coming, shut it down. Shut it down. Don't don't wait until it's said. Wait until when the moment you sense it coming, begin to put the energy out there. Then I'm not into that. Because you will sense it. You you can taste. You can see the feelers coming. They're gonna put it out there. Oh well, this that. that oh no. No, I'm not here for that. You know. And then if it comes anyway, if it comes anyway, then hey, listen. I told you, not into that. Call the wife over here. Look at the computer. This is the deal. I shut that down. Nine times out of your ten, uh, if that woman wants to, ain't going to be your student no more because your wife going to tell you she can't be, she can't teach her no more. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Brother, now, you, I want to Go ahead, you. Yeah. I had a situation like this before. Um, no one knows about it. And it was a young lady. Brother, I got to pause for a second. I'll be right back on Okay, all right, cool. It was a young lady, came down to an event that we had, and 
you know, I gave her a hug because she traveled so far to come to the place. It was many states away, and I was greeting all the people that came in to support and, and show their appreciation and love for the information that we had to disseminate on that particular day. And I hugged the lady, and, and just from a hug, she instantly thought that we were some type of spiritual pair, a spiritual couple. And I, immediately after that, she was sending me emails, and I would, look, no, no, it's not, it's not, it's not going to happen. Shut it down immediately. That's exactly what I did. And I ended up telling my wife now, you know what I mean, when it happened, and, um, you know, it, 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 it felt good to be able to express that to my wife, and her response was, one of nobility. She was she she understood and she wasn't upset. She had a few more questions to ask, but I showed her everything. I said, Look, man, here go the emails. It, you know, it it, it it was what it was because see I know you can't play those type of games. You can't play those right. type of games. So you had you had right. to eliminate it immediately before it gets to a point where you should, you know, you, you got to find the first aid kit, man, and and then that ain't what you want, man. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. Very well. All right. I, I only got two more to go. Ain't nobody got their hands up. I guess they loving the flow here. Told you I was going to use my time a little differently. Um, I need you all to put your metaphysical caps on for a quick second here. There's a saying, it's something called the um, Perkia vote, which translates to the ethic of fathers. It's something that in the Jewish tradition, men are to read um, around the time after Passover um, when, the, when the springtime comes because masculine energy starts to um, rise and men can get frivolous, so therefore men need to check themselves. So we read something called the ethic of fathers. In this conversation, in one of the chapters, I need your metaphysical hats on because we're going to assume that it's wisdom and it's truth in this, and I need you to, to tell me um, your understanding of what that truth would be, starting with the shake and the minister you add on. It says, do not engage in excessive conversation with a woman. This is said even regarding one's own wife. How much more so regarding with the wife of another? Hence, the sages said, one who excessively converses with a woman causes evil to himself, neglects the study of Torah, and in the end inherits purgatory. What would be the wisdom of those words, Shape? Wow. My opinion on that, and I emphasize opinion, my opinion on that, and out of respect to those great scholars who wrote and I'm assuming this is coming out of the Zohar, correct? Uh, it's, it's a different set. It's not the Zohar, but it's their own little writings called the Ethic of Fathers. So it's just their own separate book. I say, I say to that, if a man has not reached spiritual maturity, then that man should not be excessively talking to women that are not his wife. And even in speaking to his wife, I would say, you need to use the example that I gave earlier about being certain that everything you say to her is metered and that is suited, that something that you can fulfill in, in your life and her life. 
Don't say something that cannot be fulfilled or something that is a dream and is not actual because you damage the relationship. My opinion is the Quran teaches us that it takes 40 years for a man to mature. Now, when I look at that, I don't think of 40 years as from one to year 40. I'm thinking more or less when you come into study. So 40 years of coming to study, you came into study at 20 years old, and 40 years from that, you'd be 60 years old, correct? Yes. And so now you have that maturity to have conversation, and you control of yourself to have conversation. But it takes a great deal of spiritual maturity and personal maturity and ego um, nullification even to communicate with the opposite sex, especially if you don't have your appetites in control. Your appetites are not in control if you are lured by sense and you're, you're, you're aroused by sounds, the sweetness of a woman's voice, the softness of her voice, the, the fragrance of her natural scent still allures you and you can't control that. Yes, it's best to withdraw from those type of conversations. I agree. But that's, that's my you. answer. Uh, I think age mm-hmm. plays a, and not physical age, but age of maturity and spirituality plays a big role in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you. Prime Minister? Um, I would have to agree with what the Sheikh said. Actually, I was going to take it back to what he said earlier, but he, he reiterated it there. Um, I think that passage there is more so um, referring to an opposite, opposite component that, that, that was said but wasn't spoken in those words. And it's basically what the Sheikh said. I think you have to do more action than talking because the opposite of talking is action. So when you, when you, when you do less talking to your wife and more action would denote a happier uh, household um, because the more that you, if all you're doing is talking and you're showing no action, then it will, it will render those experiences that the Sheikh talked about and her losing faith in you and trust in you and your ability to be a creator um, in her life. So, like you said, it's best for you to to keep quiet and to show more action because that will do the the talking on a whole other level of of, of existence for her as she sees it. Gotcha. 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 I'm going to say two more. Two more, and the last one is going to bring it down to earth because I want some practical application in disagreements and relationships. But the question is this, um, your opinion in your own relationship and just relationships and period. This is the scenario. Something is coming very popular today called the tantric arts. Um, Sheikh, I know you, you talk about it in, in the comedic study. Um, the example, uh, which is the real life thing, is um, there are gifted beings who can have People have an orgasm, which opens up the chakras, and it's a spiritual sexual thing without doing intercourse. Prime Minister, I'll start with you. Would you attend one of these events and allow a man to demonstrate? Nothing naked, never take off your wife's clothes, but would you allow a, a tantric person for the sake of spirituality to give your wife an orgasm? I'm not answering that. <laughs> Or is that okay? Do you, is it okay in the sake of relationship? Um, um, nah. Next question. <laughs> I, I, I pass it to the shape. 
Uh, did you see the color purple? When um, when the lady asked Celie, could her children clean her house? Mm-hmm. And she said, hell no. <laughs> what you say? Hell no. But sir. And let me answer why. No, sir. Because number one, I can teach my wife that myself. Number two, the energy that's being transmitted is still being transmitted whether she's in her or not. That energy is permeating her whole aura. She's being affected by that. No. That's adultery. Mm. Mm. Learn it. Brothers teach not brother. being... Teach me how to do it. Teach me how to do it. I already know, but I'm just saying, if, if brother's out here listening... Have him teach you how to do it so you can do it for you. Teach your wife, but don't have someone else teach your wife that. Mm-hmm. Your, your as, wife is more inclined as, to him than you. As a practitioner, is it okay for you to, um, obviously, if the husband is there, he's with it. So I, 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 won't, I won't even ask that question. Minister Dew, you want to add on? To what? Would you allow other... <laughs> Would you allow? Would you allow your wife to have an orgasm in a spiritual experience, brother? I think the shake summed it up perfectly. <laughs> no, now we're not being a little immature here about it. Like we we grown, we come into a, a, a you know it's about spiritual enlightenment. You know, it's your wife. You going home with your wife? It's your wife. You there? That that are we not that, being a little immature see, about see, this? See, see. See, my thing is this, man. But the thought he planted is going home with you too, brother. Exactly. You understand? And, 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 and first of all, first of all, first of all, you have to you have to decide why am I going here? That that means are you? There's two things going on here. Are you not pleasing your wife in that nature where she's having that that inner expression of, and release of energy? Are you not mm-hmm. doing that? One, because why else would you be taking her? Because mm-hmm. if she's having the experience in your own home, in, uh, any, anything outside of that is just a circus appointment. You just mm-hmm. you're just going to you're just going mm-hmm. to say, oh well, this man know how to do it without touching you, and I want you to experience that. Like, you know, what, like what's the real purpose behind that? I don't I don't really consider that to be spirituality at that point if you're just taking her to, to, to say hey, he could do this without touching you. You know what I mean? Like what, what, mm-hmm. is, what are you really, right, what are you really getting from that spiritually right. as, as a, right. this is the question what are you getting out of that ordeal as the husband? Right. Mm-hmm. See, see, to okay. me, Brother Ampoo, that's no difference from you going to the strip club getting a lap dance from some strange woman. You know, and you mm-hmm. fantasizing about her and come home and make love to your wife. You you physically was with your wife, but mentally you was with the woman in the strip club. So mm-hmm. although this is being labeled as a spiritual experience, my advice to that is go and learn as a man how to perform the tantric arts yourself, and then you go home right. and teach your wife. 
but never right. allow another another man or woman, sister, don't allow another woman to do this to your husband or to your wife because the energy that's being emitted is being emitted, and it's not gonna it's gonna it's gonna preeminate the, the aura and become a part of this whole person. Now, so when you can't do it, she's gonna be reflecting on this dude that can do it. Is that insecurity? Open the gate that you can't close. I'm sorry. Is that insecurity? Your wife can't go because you don't know how to do it, and now you feel some type of way because she's going to be thinking about me because you don't know how to do it. Is that insecurity? <clears throat> Wait a minute. Before you answer, and, and, and the question to you, in a sense, is the reason why we're going is because um, the woman has, this is the philosophy, the woman has trapped emotions, and the orgasm that she's receiving from you at home is, is a vaginal orgasm. The orgasm needs to be experienced from the breast because her heart center all her life. She's touched her breast by putting on her bra. The orgasm needs to come from the heart. It needs to come from the pineal, and it needs to come from the crown. You're not necessarily giving her that. You're just giving her a vaginal experience. So this is why we're going in that sense. But back to the shape. No, um, no, no. Um, that's why. That's why I would. That's why I would be going. That's why. That's why. That's why. That's why I would be going. But I can. No, I'm serious, man. That's why I would be going to learn how to do it myself. Okay. I, that's that's why I would be going. If, if, if because because what does that say about me as her spouse? If, that means I'm being lazy. If if, mm. if if this is the experience that she wants to have, and I know that this mm. exists, and this will bring forth more favor into our home because we can mm-hmm. do certain things with this energy as it's moving amongst us in the bedroom together with our thoughts focused on, on crystallizing something. Mm-hmm. What, what does that say about me as her spouse that I'm just going to be so lazy that if I know somebody in my immediate environment where they are teaching this science that mm-hmm. I'm not going to go find out how to do it to perform this on a woman that I'm calling my wife. I'm going to lay her up on this table as an offering to another man that I don't even know. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> 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 yeah, but that's powerful. It's yeah. stupid. It's stupid. That's powerful. What was the question you had for me, uh, that, no, that that was. I mean, it is an insecurity on on your part because you feel like you know she's going to look for this other man because you can't perform it. I I don't I don't see that as in, in um, insecurity. I mean, it, it's non security on your behalf. It means you're not being security minded to protect that which you have. You know, mm-hmm. it's not being insecure. It's being non secure. Security is prevention. So if I allow my wife, if I'm not allowed in the sense that I control her to that point, but if I take her there myself and say, hey, go and let this other man give you an orgasm because I don't know how to do it, then I've, I've allowed someone to breach my security. The best thing mm-hmm. for me to do is to learn to do it myself, which I did <laughs> personally. Um, we as men got to let the ego go in order to move, be better in the bed with our wives, be sexually if you want to learn how to please your wife, then the best person to find that out from is your wife. Ask her. Let her mm-hmm. guide you to her G-spot. Let her tell you what she likes to be touched. Let her conversate with your mind and tell you what she likes. And then when you have sex, it should be like, it should be like drinking water. It should be fluid. Bruce Lee said, be water, right. my friend. 
be water. So whatever form that she wants you in in that state, you have to transmute that energy, man. If you have to become Hethiru in that state, then become Hethiru. Channel that emanation of the divine within yourself. And when you go into that, that woman, man, allow her to be um, upset. Let her transform and you to leave and let the divine take place and have that spiritual union, but have the discussion between each other first so you know what she wants and she knows what you want, and then let the divine take over. You will have the orgasm that you want if you learn how to breathe together, if you learn how to give her your breath and she take your breath. Man, this thing is powerful, man. But I'm not, knowing what I know about tantric arts, you think I'm going to let some other man come and breathe on my wife? <laughs> 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 Come on, man. You, you might as well just tell her to go ahead and leave you because she gone, man. You ain't no way you can get her back. Another <laughs> <laughs> man breathing on my way. Oh, man. All right, then. Let me bring it home with this. Anybody got any questions? First one, we'll take just a few. Our final question is back to earth. Uh, start with the prime minister. Everybody had disagreements. Um, in relationships. So disagreements is something that is likely to occur. What do you think is the most effective way to handle a disagreement and or disagreement prevention? <clears throat> the most effective way to handle a disagreement. Uh, well, it is going to have to start with you humbling yourself in the presence of the disagreement. Um, when when you have a disagreement, somebody has to be willing to listen more than the other person. And hopefully it's you who's listening tonight and learn that if I just learn to listen a little more to what my partner is saying, because in, in essence, you have to ask yourself a question. Do we really want to experience pain? I, don't, I think the answer to that is no. Now, a lot of factors are involved in that where we might not be aware that we're creating and recreating this drama in our minds based off past experiences, but I think somebody has to be humble enough to say, I'm going to listen and I'm going to breathe and I'm not going to be so quick to respond. And I think when you do that, whether a person is right or wrong, and you do not respond immediately, but you say, I'm going to take my time and think about it, babe, and I'll let you know how I feel about it tomorrow or a couple of days later, I think that takes the tension out of what happened and the other person is willing to listen longer at what you have to say versus being so disagreeable within their spirit because they're angry at the moment. And so I think, I think that's basically the formula, man, learning how to humble yourself in the moment, listen more, and remove yourself uh, or, or, or detach yourself, as the Sheikh said earlier, in that moment and be mindful enough to say, you know what, let me think about that. And, 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 and you know, you can even say, you know, you know, at this moment, you know, I, I might not see it in that light, 
but let me hold on to that and think about it and let me sleep on it and tomorrow or the day after we can sit down and discuss it and I think you have better results that way. Mm-hmm. Very good. Say. Well, hold on a minute, brother. I'm about to get in the elevator. Okay. Hold on one second. All right. I add on to that. Um, about to shake some. Um, I think that in relationship compatibility, I like for couples to identify um, or just pick either or uh, a day of the week, bare minimum, one day of the week that is a power day for the relationship, and that can be determined. Um, but to, if you don't know, just pick a day um, and to purposely um, um, love each other on that day. It's, it's a special QT day, quality time day. I also believe that there should be some area in the house that is dedicated to um, the I'm relationship. Going to shut off. I'll call right back. Um, okay. 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 Love it. Um, that is that is dedicated to the relationship, um, a place where you go and you talk, and it may be in the bedroom and you have two lazy boys with an ottoman in the middle. Um, you know, she has hers, you have yours. It's just, it's just a dedicated space that you go um, and you have that relaxation, that, that conversation of anything. And when conflict seems to arise, nine times out of ten, it may not arise in that particular space. Um, and 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 you say once you know it's about to go there, you both of you consciously go to your sacred space because in that sacred space, this is the place where you have to take your shoes off, even though your shoes shouldn't be on in the house anyway. Um, but this is a place where you know is definitely holy ground for the sake of the relationship. So you both go here to put the issue in the middle, the table, the ottoman, whatever in the middle of the two chairs. You you, you put the issue there, um, and and even on a more a little bit more of a spiritual note, um, particularly for me with astrology, when you understand that the days have an angelic vibration that govern the day, it'd be very wise to um, invoke that angel's presence before you go through the conversation in your holy space so you can snuff out any um, uh, what we would call bad vibes, negative vibration that may be there. So if you have Raphael or, or Michael in the house, whatever, who you work with, a Batala, whoever, um, you call on that particular spiritual force and then you go through um, with the actual communication. Um, another thing on a total... On another note, um, Shake, you gotta press one um, when you when you when you come back, so you can come up to the top. Um, hey, no, hey, no, you done? No, I just want to add one more uh-huh. thing in before the shake. Yeah, absolutely, on. real quick. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, no problem. Um, and and also, really, really backtracking the beginning when I came on, I think where I'm at right now in a case study with some things is, uh, I think people should. You should just know, as we obviously have started getting into the body, I think you should know your blood type. Because going back to marriage representing Mars, um, Mars is blood, and I think the blood type uh, is very important to know because you know, you, you, we need to know when you're in a relationship if you can give blood to your spouse in case of an emergency, transplant or whatever the case, 
and vice versa. Uh, I do have a theory with this that if you can't give blood to your spouse or they can't give to you, uh, I, I want to study the dynamics of compatibility based off that because me knowing that, I will not allow uh, my daughter, I don't want my daughter nor my son to marry someone who they can't give or receive blood from. What would be the purpose? You understand what I'm saying? So the science of mating is actually something that is genetic, literally. I was talking to my father last week. Um, called him up like I remember. I said, you know, birthday not here. He Aquarius too, and I'm like, yo, I meant to ask you something. What, what's your blood type? He told me his blood type um, that he got from his mother, which is interesting because blood type, I can understand the family name coming from the father, but when we say the blood is determined from the dad or the mom, that swaps. You literally have to go inside and see because. You know, even though I got my, this is funny, I got my mama's cosmic DNA. As far as the birth chart goes, we got the same secret geometry, and we born 18 years apart. She had me when she was 18. Um, I got my mama's sacred geometry, cosmic-wise. I got my mama cosmic signature, but I got my daddy's blood. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm kind of balanced in a sense. So I, it, it, the psychology of relationships and compatibility, even with children, the family dynamic, I think that's something to look at with cosmic DNA and the blood type. But um, he was telling me, my pops was telling me that he think it was in 1977, before 77, you, it was a law that you actually had to get a blood test before you got married because you had to know whether or not you could produce healthy children. And case in point would be with me, ignorant, don't know, uh, didn't know my blood type, didn't even know that I had sickle cell traits. The trait, um, my second son, mom, had traits. So two traits produce sickle cell. So one of my sons actually has a form of sickle cell because I wasn't paying attention to blood type. I was looking at the fact that, ooh, snap, she exotic. She, this is the one that, you know, my son, mom, that's from Asian descent. And I'm like, whoa, hey, this would be different, you know, and thinking it's all cool. But me not doing the homework just on the blood alone, um, I brought down a, a beautiful soul who uh, used to, he's great now, every now and then, this is a rare form, so it's not, it's not, it's not all the time, um, went through different episodes of his own uh, internal health issues and whatnot, and even pain at times. Um, so we have to be very careful when we come together because marriage, Mars, it's not about a fighting thing. It's really about a dynamic drive to get things done together. But most importantly, it's about understanding the blood type, the blood work that exists, the blood vibration that exists. Because like I said, if I can't give you blood and you can't give me blood, then guess what? That is really the true meaning of bad blood, potentially, potentially. I also believe that our conscious mind can change, and there's been reports on that, your blood type can change based off what you eat, based off your conscious experience. Nothing stays the same. The human brain, and that's what we're getting into with the Neuron Network and the Neptune Institute, the human brain allows you to have um, the most dynamic experience um, possible, Sorry. but the blood is very important. Shake you there, but hold on one second, Shake. Go ahead, Prime Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to add on too, because um, 
it's um if we if we're talking about conflict resolution uh, the 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 answer that I gave was in the moment of the conflict but when we're talking about conflict resolution then how do you eliminate the conflict to begin with and I want to build on that just briefly it's something that we don't do much anymore at least I don't see it I don't hear people talk about it much we need to start dancing again with our mates we need to we need to engage in the ceremony of dance in our homes in our living rooms putting on uh, uh, the slow jams and getting together uh, and, and touching each other in a passionate way outside of the sexual act. We also have to get into the rhythm of putting on fragrances when we're with our mates, even when we're not going out to dress up and look nice and do all of these things. I mean, like, get into the mindset of exciting the senses again of your mate because what happens is this certain areas in the brain become excited when we gaze at each other and we caress one another and when we when we when we exercise and dancing is a form of exercise when we're moving about the dance floor and, and, and getting our groove on all of these things contribute to um, our emotional state where we're not so up in arms with our mates when we do run into situations where we may be at opposition with one another. The more you're entwined with your mate on a sensual level, the less you're going to want to argue with them when you do have a disagreement and the less bitter the argument will be because you know what you're going to think about? You're going to think about those, you know, all week how, you know, y'all held hands and y'all danced on the weekend and, you know, that fragrance and that scent that came off of her all week that you were smelling. Who Who's going to want to put, who wants to put his hands on a woman in a negative light that's having that experience with her? Who wants to do that? Who wants to be spitting venom at their man or their husband when when he's looking her in her eye and he's caressing her and holding her firm while they're dancing? No, you do these these subtle things remove some of the aggression from out of the psychology of people. So we have to get mm-hmm. back to dancing with our woman, dancing with our man, smelling good when we're in the presence of our spouse even when we're not going places to dinner or out to the movies or out to the party. We have to do this because this is going to excite um, the, 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 the mood perception in our, in our physiology to make us less aggressive when it comes to our mate and more receptive and more kind when we get into disputes and be able to handle it in, in, a, in a much more gentle fashion. So that's just conflict resolution before the conflict comes, that way you can handle it a little better. It's a good deal. Shape. It is. Absolutely off the hook. Yeah, I was off for a minute, so could you refresh me with the question? Cause I yeah, that, that, that yeah, 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 the, the, the question was, um, in, in practical terms, um, disagreements is something that's just likely to occur. It's the nature of relationships. 
What do you think is the most effective way to handle and or prevent um, relationship disagreements? Mm. That's a that's a broad stroke again, um, in my opinion, because we have to. It depends on what the disagreement is, um, but I would say that cool heads need to prevail. Number one. Whatever the issue is, we both have to keep a cool head. We have to communicate, you know, this screaming and, and things that we like to do when we get upset. And we Not like to do, but it's usually the response that happens because of our anger or whatever. But we have to really learn that the best way to handle the situation is to be rational. You know, we my brother was talking about the brain. You know, we have the neocortex, and then we have... Um, the other aspects of the brain. We have to function at that stage from the neocortex, which deals with reason. You have to deal with reason. So, um, for example, if I'm in a conflict with my spouse and her voice goes up, I I know then that i got to keep a cool head and i got to maintain a monotone, if you will, to keep this conversation from exploding. I, sometimes you got to take more than you give. If, if she's angry with you, brother, sometimes you've got to take it and just say, okay, you understand that she's angry. You don't even need to say that. You just have to understand it and just listen to what she's saying and not necessarily how she's saying it. But you can't feel disrespected as a man when a woman snaps out and is cursing and yelling at you. You have to, you have to realize at that point she's ha- operating from her emotions, and sometimes you just got to let that go. And then afterwards, after she calms down, go back and hold that conversation. Likewise with a woman, when a man is losing control and you see him getting really angry, that's not time. That's not the time to keep pressing the button. That's the time to take low. Okay, let him, let him express himself. And then later on when he calms down and he's more relaxed, then you can approach the situation. But oftentimes when we uh, confront each other in the heat of passion, in the heat of anger rather, um, something physical can occur. And we want to stop that physical action from taking place the best we can because once you go there, there's no return. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. That's very good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, what, what I, you I, I, too, I mean, he made a good point about the, uh, you know, that's something that, that uh, I'll say that I have to prove on that, that dancing. And, you know, I don't go out dancing and stuff like that. But in my home, I mean, maybe I can improve on some of that, that, that physical contact like dancing and yeah. and doing some Probably of the things that, that she might like to do that I don't really enjoy. Sometimes we got to do that. Yeah. Friday at midnight, Minister Jew is technically Saturday morning at that point, but Friday at midnight, the Prime Minister is up shaking it up in the house. That That's just because he don't go out like that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a special thing that he does with the Shekinah force. Um, Shape, was you here when I talked about blood? Were, were you still here or were you off when I talked about the blood? Type? I know. I think I was off when you talked about that. Uh, I want to uh, hear about that. Okay. Because um, um, I know you may have some insight on it. Uh, when I talked about marriage being Mars, Mars represents the blood uh, and understanding of the blood type. And I was just basically saying how um, if I can't give you Knowing the blood type is important. If I can't give you blood or you can't receive blood from me, then that might just be the precursor of bad blood and understanding from my own experience where um, mm. my second son um, my second son has sickle cell because I have trait and his mother has trait, and I was just looking at it as, ooh, his mom is from Asia, and it's, 
you know, is just exotic to me at that particular point in my psychology. Um, but I pretend I'm wrong being down here, wonderful soul, um, who has went through his own little episodes of pain because I didn't have knowledge of blood. And my pop had told me, um, I talked to him last week, he said, like, before 1977, there was a law that you used to have to get a blood test before you got married because you had to see if you were, you know, if you could bring in healthy children. That was the thing. Um, But understanding the the importance of blood, and then, like I said, I think it's a good case study as far as compatibility goes. Um, um, I, I just think, you know, it's just very important that we understand the blood type. So I know... With your studies, if you wanted to add on just dealing with the blood, uh, feel free. Well, what first thing comes to my mind when you discuss blood in the, in the Torah, we know that um, when when Cain slew Abel, that the ground cried out, his blood cried out from the ground. So we know mm-hmm. that the blood carries carries the genetic trait of of, of everything the, the the predecessor of that human being, and his is also the progenitor of whatever will happen to that human being. But it, that, that characteristic of the blood crying out uh, gives us a characteristic of blood that it has emotion, that it has feeling, that it, it grieves its sorrow. That that paints that type of picture. That's what comes to my mm-hmm. mind when I hear that. I I um, I can agree with you on that. That that man that 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 shines a light on a whole lot of things because I mean if you're not compatible, if if, if you can't give your spouse blood, then what kind of children you're going to create? Children with conflict with each other. Within themselves, they got right. conflict within themselves. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's a major part. I mean, the science of mating right. is something that we lost, you know, and it's something that we have to revisit and take careful look at. I try to explain to my children all the time, you know, as they get older, that when they when it comes time to choose a mate, don't just choose a mate on what they look like. You got to look at their family right. life. You got to look at their how they were reared. This is all going to be in your household. So you got to really right. take your time. Don't be so willing to just fall in love with some boy because he's cute or fall in love with some girl because she's got a nice figure. It's bigger than that. It's way bigger than mm-hmm. that. And you got to look down the road at your future, how you want to live your life, because how this person was reared is exactly what's coming into your life. So mm-hmm. blood is a big deal. Yes, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You gave me an idea for next radio show. Um, we got one for two people with their hands up. I'm gonna just take two callers. We at 11:45 when we get out of here. Um, yeah, we call up from the middle. Uh, 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 a breakdown. Oh, they rolling over there. Hold on. Caller from the six five zero three eight four. Um, what's your name? What's your question? Hello. Six five zero three eight four. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I wasn't um, aware that my hand was actually up, but um, um, I'm actually enjoying the show. Peace to the brothers on the line. Thank you. Peace. Thank you. And peace. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm in one of those uh, open relationships, and I honestly didn't realize until last night that I might have to close it because the feelings are just like. You the one that got the man. Your man is Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, I remember you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, we tried it, and honestly, both of us, I feel like we loved each other, like, in a way that we weren't, I'm not going to say in a way that we weren't ready to accept, but, like, I didn't want my heart broken thinking that a man was never going to be with another woman, and he didn't want to feel like, you know, 
I wasn't going to be human one day and be with somebody else. So, you know, we just kind of sat down yesterday and talked it out and realized that, you know, we love each other. And we do have a past, and we have been with other people, and we still love each other. That's great. That's beautiful. Well, congratulations. Can I, can I give you some advice, sister? Can I give you some advice? Yes. Please. Um, you gonna you gonna stay in the relationship with this man? Yes. Okay. I'll advise you and him to to find a way. Learn how. If you don't know how, if you do know how, to clear your chakras from that other person that you was with in between. I'm gonna advise you to learn how to clear that and to cut the cords that you connected with those people as you come back together, that your union can be pure again. Okay. Mm. If you don't know how to do that, um, contact me and I'll help you through it. But in reality, that's going to be essential because you don't want the energy of these other people continuing to show up in your relationship. You want to cut that out, get that out of your system, and move forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, brother. Right. Oh, you're welcome, sister. You got it. You got it. And that that caller at the two oh three, you had a lot of noise going on. You've been there for a long time, so I wanna honor that and then we out of here. Caller from the two oh three four two four, we're about to come to you. Oh no, they must don't know that they got the line open at press one. All right, man, that was an excellent show, man. I appreciate it. It's been very, very, very informative. All I have to say is uh thank you to Prime Minister, thank you to the Sheikh. Thank you to the Most High for allowing this to be possible. Thank you to all of you who um, are listening and who will listen. Visit the website, myastrologycoach.com. Click on the events tab for that screen, Equinox, man. Check out the Neptune Dream Institute. You can get to that from myastrologycoach.com. Clicking on the membership tab um, and also join the mailing list on the front page if you have not by now. And also check out something called Sacred Sonics on the um, consultations tab, man. So just take your time. Big shout out to to everybody, man. True, Keisha, Casildra, uh, Tanika for writing the blog today on the on a new moon in Aquarius. Everything is just phenomenal. So big shout out to the whole Mac team and all of our supporters, man. We love you. Uh, follow me on Facebook, um, right there on the um, Noble Ample Galileo on Facebook. You can get to me on the website. Follow me on Twitter. We will be doing a special Facebook campaign tomorrow for the Neuron Network. First few people, when I make the advertisement to respond and inbox me, you will be able to play an interactive game to increase your brain. But I let the Prime Minister talk about that tomorrow at 12 o'clock. If you want free readings, me and Keisha Lachey is up at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time for free readings for an hour. Um, Shape, you got anything? What's your contact information? Let the people know, then Prime Minister, you close it out. Uh, again, my, my contact, the best way to contact me is through my Facebook page, uh, Muhammad Ahmed Abdul Haq, also uh, Milana Sheikh. You can contact me through that page. You can inbox me right on my wall. Um, I have other pages that we do studies from, but I usually I, I, I branch everything out from that main page. So tonight while we were on, man, I've had so many friend requests tonight. I really appreciated whoever was listening. People gave me a lot of friend requests tonight. So um, if you're more interested in what I teach and the things that we mentioned tonight, just hit me on Facebook and I'll uh, leave your number, your email address, and I'll get back to you. Great, great. Go ahead, Minister Jew. 
Uh, yeah, visit the website, www.myastrologycoach.com. Go to memberships. Uh, click on the Neuron Network. Read up on it. It's coming soon. It's about 20 days out, um, perfecting all the details and how I'm going to put it together. But we're giving trial runs for people to get a firm understanding of what it's about, showing people how to maximize and capitalize on the brain potential and learning how to compartmentalize properly, learning how to refocus and concentrate, um, dealing with different aspects of the brain, the cognitive brain, um, the part of the brain that deals with the memory, the hippocampus, all these different parts of the brain um, we're going to be getting into with 16 different practices that you can, that you can go for and um, just got to be able to tell me what it is that you want to work on and what parts you think you need the most improvement on, and then we're going to go at it for four months, twice a week, 20-minute sessions, and um, you'll be able to reap the benefits from it and be able to catalog and keep a journal uh, on how well you've done and how you see it making improvements in your personal day-to-day experience in life. Uh, also, I want to say shout-out, man, to all the people in the Toel Love Fund. Toel Love Fund just had a two-year anniversary back on the 24th of this month. Uh, we up to about 80 bills paid in two years, man. We created this fund where people donate $13 a month. We dump the account out at the end of the month, and people who participate, they get they get a payout, and they get their bills paid, whether it be a phone bill, cable bill. Some people just like the money to get transferred over to their PayPal account. So we got a few ways that we work it, but uh, it's been going for two years, man, strong. And um, it's just a community of people that understand that giving is important and everybody's able to reap the benefits and you receive the blessings from the Most High from doing things from the heart and um, helping facilitate and substantiate other people's lives as you go along, man. So it's a beautiful fun, man, some very beautiful, um, like-minded people, man, who decided to come together and participate in that. So if you're interested, visit the website, click on memberships, click on the Neuron Network, click on the Toil Love Fund, and make sure you get up with us this March uh, for the Spring Equinox, man, down in Louisiana. i see you there. Noble will see you there. Hopefully the Shake will be down there. And we can all be, be there together. And, uh, that's right. We all be there in, in, in the physical and, and, and watch these spirits in line and see what we can create in the flesh together, man. So with that, man, I'm going to say peace to the audience, peace to the supporters, and we thank you all for listening. Indeed. Peace, family. Peace. Love and light, family. Thank you.